All right, and we are live. Welcome, Highfalutin Ski Bomb Podcast, episode number 173. It is your pals, Mario and Brian. Mario, what's up? Not much. Uh, getting in the swing of things. Uh, school's getting ready to start for some people. There's a lot going on. Yes. It's been a very uh, interesting week this week. A lot of things, a lot of ins, a lot of outs, a lot of what have yous. <laughs> Trying to wrap Basically. up everything from the summer. Dude, man, that it always feels like summer is going to be so long in June. And then all of a sudden, like 4th of July hits and like the accelerator gets pressed and like, you're like, oh, wow, it's August all of a sudden. And then like all the ski trailers start coming out and people start, you know, sending the uh, fall and winter clothing coming out. Like you're like, holy crap, this is really going to be happening soon. And uh, summer's just clawing on and throwing everything has got at us. But we know every year. Yeah. Summer will end. Don't worry. It got real this week. I went uh, uh, school shopping with somebody. I'm like, holy crap, school's starting again. I'm like, I got to start picking my ski trips, figuring out calendars. Like, this is when I'm I'm, I'm a little behind. Like, you know, I'm, I usually look forward to like the planning and the calendars and what dates I can do a trip and blah, blah, blah. And this year, I just haven't been paying attention. Yeah, I posted, sorry, yeah I posted the picture of all those books I was going to read this summer. They sit here. <laughs> On the desk, unread. Next summer or or Next in the fall. Summer. It's just you know what I I've got. I'm working on some bigger, more important things. Is let's just put it that way. So I, there's no I, I, did, I did, however, get to the gym. Like the last two weeks, I think I've been to the gym about five days a week. Nice. Been doing five days, man. I did. Uh, I've been doubling up on some days, like you know watching a kid i'm like well i don't know what to do so let's go to the gym kid let's get swole bro let's get swole you get huge <laughs> so he's playing hockey anyway he needs to throw on a chuck on a few pounds he's gonna start hitting now nice just gotta do it man i told him okay. gotta get yoked that's right <laughs> well thank you everyone for listening we really do appreciate it check out all of our information at skibumpodcast.com if you could subscribe to the podcast and rate us five stars would be wonderful. Also on the podcast, we have our shop skibumpodcast.com slash shop. we got some cool swag there. Hoping to get some stuff up for the fall. Um, eh, I, pro- I don't know if it's going to happen. I'll be perfectly honest with you. A lot of stuff happening. I'm not sure I, if I'm going to have time. Well, I think Brian, we, we talked about it before, but if anybody likes a specific cover, some of the cover art that Brian's done, let us know. It could end up in a shirt. Yeah, if you go to the site, I, I do a different image based on the topic we do every week. And I will tell you, the pictures of us from with the track suits have got a lot of traction on, on the, uh, the different episodes. Just because I, I need some fodder and some photos to make the compositions work. So I'm like, well, I have those pictures. I'm just going to use them over and over and over again. So that was the impulse buy of the last uh, Boston snow show. And I think we were too chicken shit to wear the full outfit during the show. They're so orange. Yeah. We wore them. We wore them like, you know, hanging back at the condo and stuff. So that was cool. Yeah, but, uh, they're, they're pretty sweet. I think a little more dialed back orange would be a perfect, but screw that. I think this year we're going to put patches on it. We're going to put the, uh, the logo on it, maybe something on the back and then boom, we're going full out. There you go. That, that's out. a possibility. I'm going to work on that. That's my project from now till November. We should, we should be wearing those with our goggles walking around. Yeah, that's right. You want to send a message, you wear goggles. Send a message. We're sending a message now. 
Yes. So go to the website, check that out. All of the links to our socials are on there. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. We are at Ski Bump Podcast. If you want to send us an email, that'd be lovely. Love to hear from you. Ski Bump Podcast at gmail.com. We're also on all your favorite podcasting apps, iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube, uh, Spotify, the, yeah, the other ones, those two. We're yeah, on the radio, radio, um, whatever. We're there. Spotify, yeah, just everywhere. You'll figure right. it out. You're smart. You're one of our listeners. You know what you're doing. You can ask your home thing that talks to you to, to, to listen to us and it'll pull it up. Yeah, your your NSA listening device that you happily paid money for. Use that if you want. Exactly. That works too. Everybody say hello, Trump. Hello, NSA. Yeah, we love you. Keep <laughs> a, keep making America great. We're great citizens. We pay our taxes. We follow all the rules. That's right. We certainly do. Nothing to see here. <laughs> Move along. Move along. So yes. So with that, let's start it off like we always do with the apparate today. Well, now, before, Mary, we get, before we get into that, what are we going to talk about today? Let's give everybody a little tease. As in the main topic? Yeah. Well, we had... Uh, so Mario, myself, and our buddy Nick from several episodes, we have this group chat that we always send. Oh, it gets crazy. We, we send some fun stuff. And one of the things we were talking about last week uh, was going to be the main topic, that there may be a particular thing for sale that we're trying to somehow using stonks and math, figure out how we can get it in cryptocurrency, figure out. Yes. So that was a tease. Not a very good one, but it's time for today. today And the theme for the upgrade today, the theme. So if anybody doesn't know, if you haven't looked at our Instagram account, it is International Beer Day today. So we're Who declared it that. Is there like some sort of governing bo- like board or body that dis- determines what every day is? Because every day seems to be something. Oh yeah, it, like there's like Donut Day. There's there's Cake Pop Day. There's International Mayonnaise Based Salad Day. Exactly. There's Razzles Day. There's a uh, uh, freaking Pop Rocks Day. I, I don't it's know. There's Tequila Day, like a week and a half ago, wasn't it? Exactly. There's a day for everything. So. Keeping that in, you know, keeping with that theme, um, <laughs> I, I have a weird way of of keeping with that theme because I bought my beer for the show before realizing it was International Beer Day. So uh, I'm making it international like. Uh, so I'm drinking a Miami Beer Company, which is the other little Havana, it's like little Cuba. Um, so it's kind of like another international country, right? There's a mixing, there's a, but it's is a it, melting is pot. It, if you were in Switzerland, wouldn't America be international for you? Yes. And that was freaky. When I was in Switzerland uh, with Harry, we were skiing at uh, San Moritz. They had the list and, you know, they, they bring in the beer list and like, oh, imports. And, I, and it was like freaking Anheuser-Busch. I'm like, but what? what? That's a, and oh, I was relevant. like, I'm, I'm there. I'm not here. So it's kind of, that's, that's a, that's an international import. I was like, it's all relative. Weird. You pay more money for that over there. Peel's Light is like a, a well sought after import over there. That's their heady topper, pretty much. <laughs> that's, a, that's a heady topper, France. Pliny the Elder of Switzerland. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's gold. They have that in a vault. 
Um, so I'm drinking a Miami beer company, mega mix, and I love the can. So if you're watching the video, it's pretty cool. It's like a retro can definitely out of like Miami vice, Pac-Man, Pac-Man, Cindy Lauper. Like we're talking captain Lou Albano, WWF back when it wasn't world wildlife fun. Um, yeah, I tell you, it's, it's pretty cool. It's got the the retro can, uh, and all their beers have that like little retro style. And I've seen it on the shelf for a while. I was like, you know, let me pluck one of these out and I'll uh, I'll drink it. Um, drank it <laughs> when when we started the podcast, which is means Brian and I screwing around for like an hour before well, we actually start podcasting. Actually, today was not screwing around because we had some technical issues. We had to work through because Google and YouTube have decided to get rid of their hangouts, which is what we've always used for recording this. So we had to find Thanks, alternative Dick. sources. <laughs> Thanks, Dix. Um, yeah, what you paying for, man? That's right. But uh, yeah, so I started drinking this. I'm almost done with it. Um, but I do have a little mini cooler now in the little studio with... Here, I'll show you for those who can see. It's... So this is my girlfriend's lunchbox, which she will take tomorrow. <laughs> but for right now, I put little, uh, you know, ice packs and a few beers in there. So I got a few extras. So nice. Opre will I will have an, a second opre um, after my pre opre and my regular opre. So uh, anyway, let's get back to this. The Mega Mix. It's a pale ale, six percent ABV. Uh, they brew it all the time. It's a really good um, West Coast style light body. Uh, pale ale. Um, I gotta say, this is. Um, I like pale. I, I think I'm hitting into the pale ale zone more than the IPAs. IPAs are just brutal on me lately. So my stomach is just not. I think I've been drinking too many IPAs, and the pale ale is just hitting hit me, hit me just right, palate wise and body wise. You know. Oh boy. So it's oh good. Boy. Nice style. Uh, it's got the hoppy, hoppy flavor, but not not too like punchy in the face hoppy. Um, and smooth drinking. It's pretty smooth. Nice. So I like it. Says so it has a um, mosaic, galaxy, and citra hops uh, with late edition dry hops. So mildly bitter, which is good. Let me check the untapped. It'll tell me the uh, the bitterness, the bitter scale. Come on, Untapped. Come on, inter- Interweb. So they are saying 50 IBUs, which is pretty low, right? 50. Yeah, that's that's not too high. Yeah, which is good. I think I got to stay in the low IBUs because uh, the hops is kind of, I don't know, a little too much. Killing my palate. And oh, boy. Then again, those are like 7.5% usually, 8%. Yeah. So usually kind of, the humdingers. So kind of crushes you when you're out at the beach. Just saying. Yeah, you can't be doing that. That's, yeah. You want to again? That's why you have the session beers, so you can kind of have them, drink them all day. Yeah, all day IPA. All day, exactly. <laughs> all right, so, what do you got, guy? I'm I'm going off the reservation because usually, yeah, you know, I'm usually going for the big, gnarly, heavy. Single double IPAs. Those are those are my jam. But again, it's International Beer Day. I decided I should be celebrating correctly and you know, trying to uh embrace it and open my palate and my comfort zone a little bit. Luckily, I had some friends over a couple couple weeks ago and they brought me some beers. 
so I'm having one of those right now. So I have a JW Augusteiner beer. That's delicious. Yeah. So this one. Harry's crying right now because he's not having one with you. Shout out to our boy, Harry. Harry, thank you for listening. Hope you're having a good summer. Yeah, this is, um, I, I haven't had these in a long time. Yeah. And I forgot how nice and refreshing they really are. What's so crazy about it is, you know, Germany has their, uh, the Reinheinsgebrot, which is their, the German beer purity laws. German, yeah, German purity law thing. That was established in 1487. Reinheinsgebrot, right? Reinheinsgebrot, yeah. Oh, wait, hold on a sec. Speaking of German, right? So my girlfriend said the other night I was having a stress dream. And sometimes I'll have night terrors and I'll talk in my sleep and shit like that. Sometimes I wake up screaming. Let's put it that way. There's a lot of things killing me when I sleep. Uh, there's probably some Freudian shit going on there. I don't know, but fear dying. Uh, she said I was tossing and turning and I was speaking very fearful and in a rush like i was just but in german she said it was german i'm like i don't really know german that well i know some words and phrases i'm like i don't know what the fuck i was saying i want her to tape me i told did her did you ever watch that episode of silicon valley when yes jared was german? <laughs> i explained that to her i'm like until you watch it you can't really get the full you know <laughs> she says i was like screaming in german in my sleep i'm like that's fucked up that is really fucked up does she, know, does she know German enough to know you were speaking in German? No, she said it sounded like it. I'm like, it could have been just kind of, it could have been something. I was speaking in tongues, man. I don't know. The <laughs> Lord was speaking through me in tongues. It could have been all made up. I like making up languages and sounds and shit like that. So uh, it could have been all made up. But I don't know. She said it kind of freaked her out, but then she just went back to sleep. I was like, good. That's, that's just- safe just took a pillow and smothered you and it was, you know, fine. She's like, I, I choked you out and you went back to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> I, I feel time. bad though. I was like, I don't know if I freaked her out, but I don't, she's still here. So that's yeah, good. It's fine, right? <laughs> so one thing I noticed about this beer is that, you know, again, it's very, it's light, it's refreshing. I'm not sure if it's a, is it a Pilsner? I don't really, it's, it's just, just edible stuff, right? Uh, yes. Is that a kind of beer? <sighs> yeah. Well, that's what they call it, but I don't, it's again, it's very, it's very refreshing. It, it tastes Pilsner-ishy to me. It's got, uh, now this bottle here, you can look at this here if you're watching the video, it's 11.2 fluid ounces. Now, when the hell do we lose those 0.8 ounces? Isn't a, a bottle always 12 ounces? They just try to like jip you by a little bit and it's just. But that's happening everywhere with everything. It seems like, but you know, uh, like orange juice used to be 64 ounces, the carton. Now it's, 50 was it 56 i think well now the coke and pepsi you know the little mini cans yeah. they start out coming out with them and now you see them more and more and i'm like that's not cheaper than a six-pack like wh- what are they thinking it's the same amount of material that you need almost for that yeah well it's like what's the opposite of red bull the red bulls get bigger everything else gets smaller <sighs> red bulls are gigantic I, oh i had a red bull before the the show with uh, vodka it was the summer edition Ooh, it's the Beach breeze. I actually liked it. Beach breeze, huh? Yeah, and a good helping of vodka. It's in a nice teal can. Just saying. <laughs> um, but Edelsdorf, they're saying that Edelsdorf, I guess it's just to Augustiner. I guess well, I it's think, kind I of think like Germany, it's really just 
beer. Like everyone makes their own, like, you know, the different towns have their own local beer and it's just beer. Whatever ingredients were available in 1406, that was the kind of beer they made. And it just kept making it the same way. They didn't add other flavors and fruits and nonsense and all this other crap like we do right. over here in America. They just make their beer and that's it. Well, it's funny. You go to Oktoberfest and there's, there's the Oktoberfest. That's all you're drinking. Like we made the special Oktoberfest for Oktoberfest. If you don't want Oktoberfest beer, don't go to fucking Oktoberfest. You know, go stay in some other part. Like don't go to Munich during Oktoberfest. It's like, I don't uh, really like beer, but I want to go to Oktoberfest. Then <laughs> just, no, why would you bother? Go to freaking Mardi Gras and get those yeah. hurricanes and get blackout drunk and pass out on Bourbon Street. <laughs> you know, you, you, know, you can go the fuck back to America. That's what they say. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, mostly they they usually have just a a light and a dark like there's dunkel and a, and a light so their style i guess is edelsdorf and i guess it's kind of like a hellas or a pilsner or martin or i don't exactly yeah. know it's a really nice beer it's really drinkable it's about a five uh 5.7 abv they're saying if you can find this and uh you you like german beers this is it's outstanding it really is excellent so that's one I found down here at Total Wine and more. Nice. So they're carrying, I think they might've changed distribution because you couldn't find it here. I remember, so uh, I think we talked about it on the show before, but when I was in Italy, I was introduced to this beer and that's how I was introduced to my buddy, Harry, our buddy, Harry, because um, he would come back from skiing or from boarding and just sit outside in a nice, you know, outdoor table in, um, we were in Cortina and he would just sit out there and, and be drinking Augustiner. I'm like, what are you doing? He's now, like, you know, most people, when they say you hear them say, Oh, I had a, you know, I was just sitting out there drinking. You're thinking he had one beer or two beers. Oh no. Probably had 15 to 20. He was out there for two, three hours a night. And I'm like, what did you do? Like he barely made it back for, for dinner. And he was like, you just drink and then go to dinner and then, go back and drink there. Like, and I'm like, dude, like what's the draw? And he's like, he, he found it during Oktoberfest cause he had gone and he said he loved the beer, but you can't get it in the States. So I started drinking. I was like, this is fucking magical. And three in the morning, we're still drinking it at that place and so forth and so on. And, and everybody from the ski club went there. It was great, but um, you couldn't find it here until just recently I found it. But uh, it's funny when I went for Oktoberfest, uh, my buddy John and I, our buddy John and I, who he's been on the show, we were walking to the Hofbrau house. And the funniest thing is Hofbrau house is packed. Everybody's like, oh, I want to go to the Hofbrau house. And you walk right past Augustiner and it's really not that packed. So you walk right past Augustiner, which is probably an older brewery than Hofbrau house and almost as good, if not better beer. And it's just, it's just sitting there. It's just kind of there. So, and then we went to the Augustiner tent and they're one of the only ones during Oktoberfest that actually tap the, the wooden keg and they pour from the keg. It's freaking oh, that's awesome. cool. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, there's definitely, as much as I love all the new funkier, you know, lactose IPAs and all that crap. I love those beers, but I do also love something like this where, I mean, they've been making this beer since 1328. Like, can you even wrap your head around that? 1328, Augustiner Brewery started. Like, that is insane. It's almost 700 years. And I'm sure they barely changed this recipe. Yeah. 700 years before we were even a thought. Right? Almost. 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 600 years before we were a thought. 
600 plus, right? That's crazy. Easily. Yeah. Crazy shit. It's really crazy. And, and there's something so, you know, we talked about it when we were talking about our trips, you know, to, to Europe, how in Europe, you know, there's definitely more staying power to things while here it's always quicker, newer, better. There's just a, a tradition in making this beer and making it this exact same way for as long as they have. And that really needs to be appreciated. And when I do drink this beer, which isn't often, I, I really, it gives you pause and it, it gives you the, uh, you know, it's easy to get stressed out and, and worry about things in the micro. When you look at things in the macro in the longer term, like it, it is really does need to be tasted and appreciated just for that. The, the staying power that it's had for this long. Well, think about it this way. Like, so it's almost like when things move from a product that's created into being classified as a commodity, right? So think about it, like toilet paper is treated as a commodity now. Q-tips, commodity. Q-tips is a name brand, right? But it's used so often that they're not looking at units. It's like, it's like traded at like sold and bought as a commodity. And it's like, it's crazy to think about that. So you created a product that is so well known, that is so classical, that it gets into that range of like, well, you know, we don't look at it as selling units. It's just like, it, it just has to be around. You know what I mean? Like it, yeah. it's just needed. So you look at these beers and it's like, you know, these, these new sexy beers come out or these, you know, great tasting beers and it's, they're fine, but like, they don't have the staying power that some of these, these other brands have, these beers have. Well, and one other really good example is if you look at music, you know, you look at something, you know, like a lot of, uh, I don't want to sound like that old asshole guy. There's a lot of like, yeah, there's kids in their music. You know, just playing their music. To the, whatever they play at the gym, the nonsense, like shit, like, like current, like rap music stuff. It's so, you can tell it, people aren't even going to care about it or listen to it in like six months because yeah. it's just so for this moment. It's so just quick and cheap and easy and, and like, gone but you look at something like any sort of classical music like right now my little son his favorite song is the william tell overture right. and when he had we had this little like baby einstein we call it his ipod it plays like a bunch of different songs and one of the ones is the william tell overture and he's always liked it ever since he was like a little baby and he calls it the lint that song because he goes you know so to him it's the lint so he goes we go, Benjamin, what song do you want to hear? He goes, Delint. And I'll play it for him. And the William, that's only the finale, that part, the part that everybody knows. But the whole song is like 12 minutes, the entire overture. And there's like three or four sound bites in there that you hear that you've heard in cartoons and uh, movies. Bugs used to have it all the time. Yeah. The whole piece of music is unbelievable and beautiful. Yeah. Um, and again, that's, I think that was done in the 18-somethings, 1860s maybe, by Rosini. So it's, it, that's, that's something that will be listened to in 200 years, 300 years, 400 years. It doesn't matter. It's, it's still going to be part of, because of the way it connects and makes you feel and think, it will keep being around. While a lot of these, you know, flavor of the it's month songs, 1829. Are we going to be listening to Old Town Road in 10 years? I don't no. know. You, here's the funny part, though. Like, Old Town Road, it's already been me remade twice. At least. He's going to keep... He's got Dolly Parton doing it now. Like he's just gonna... well, Dolly Parton did the original. That's true. Yeah. Right? But, yeah. She also did the original, so the uh, the 
Celine Dion sung the the song from Titanic. Yeah, Dolly Parton did the original. Really? Yeah, Dolly so, Parton, it, fucking gangster man. But think about it, like everybody thinks like, oh, that's a great song. It's new and whatever. And you don't realize like that shit was done a long time ago and somebody sold the rights. So that like you look at somebody like Celine Dion, she made a shit ton of money off of that. You know, that song really put her on the map I and mean, she was great before then. But, you know, Dolly Part was still making bank from that Celine Dion doing her song. That's crazy shit. Yeah. But you look at the original the originators of music, right? Like that's why everybody's like the Beatles are freaking amazing. Cause it was their music. Like they came out with that music, like, you know, like the classical thing, like they'll never be copied, but, but people keep copying their music. They keep trying to uh, remake the music and it's just, it's kind of like a movie. How many fucking Batman, Spider-Man, how many Spider-Man movies have they? They just keep rebooting it, and you're like, "This one sucks too." Sp- Superman may be even worse than that. They keep like rebooting, yeah. and you're like, "I, I, I don't." Reboots I, piss me off. I'm like, somebody already did progress with the story. Like, you know, you want to do another Batman? Why don't you? Why don't you reboot the Penguin? I love the Penguin, the Joker, the Riddler. Those are the guys I want to see. Well, the thing is, like, they can't do the goofy, the goofy villain anymore. It's got to be like I like the goofy star. villain. I. Uh, I, I don't think, want the serious. I want the Batman show back. I think we're almost ready for that. Yeah. You know, we're almost ready for, it's like, it's going to be, it's almost like gotten so crazy. It's gotten too like real and angry and dark. It's got to go the other direction. That'll be the next reboot. Yeah. You know, well, that's when you have Lego Batman. Lego, watch Lego Batman. Dude, those are super funny. I started watching Lego uh, Black Panther and I'm like, I'm, I'm flipping through. And I'm hanging out with with Bodie, who's 12. He's like freaking totally into Legos. And if anybody hasn't seen our Instagram, we did an un, uh, unboxing of a Lego snowcat uh, set, which is freaking awesome. And I have the um, the time lapse build of it, which I'm going to post up later. Uh, it looks pretty cool. But anyway, I'm flipping through the channels. I'm like, okay, let's watch a Lego movie. There's a Lego movie for every damn superhero movie that's been out there they did a parody lego movie like already like it's out there it's crazy they've made so many of those lego movies and i've only watched a couple of them but the lego batman one is really funny if you haven't seen it like will arnett does batman yeah no i didn't watch the batman one that one's good a little black panther which was it was cool i was like hey this is i haven't seen the regular black panther i haven't seen the last like three avengers movies like i just I'm just becoming like grumpy old man, not watching those things anymore. You know, my last trip to Europe, I caught up on like, I think I watched three Avenger movies. <laughs> I tried. I was watching the I guy in front of me watching Aquaman. So I had oh. Aquaman on with no sound. Aquaman was pretty good. It, it had moments where it looked kind of awesome. And had moments where I'm like, are you kidding me? Well, I actually went to Endgame. I went to the movies for Endgame. That was actually worth it. Really? Big theater, nice comfy seat. Now you gotta like you book your seat before you go. I love that feature. Ah, oh, dude, you go in there and the thing shakes and it freaking it's great experience. It's like this is how it was meant to be. We saw me and Rhapsody that way. Uh oh, was, yeah? like, those double seats were like all this like it was like the surround sound seats. Yeah. That was pretty cool. But again, like I I I I don't don't even remember the last Avengers movie <laughs> I saw, like which one it was. It could be the second one. How many I were there? Wonder Woman in the theater, and I saw Endgame. I, I did see Wonder Woman, and I was I I thought it was way overrated. Yeah, it I was a good movie it, though. I thought it was okay at best. <laughs> yeah, it was good. 
Yeah. It's no trading places, but it'll do. What is? You couldn't even make trading places anymore. Ah, Eddie Murphy, man. I want to see him do like a, a, a trading places reboot. Dude, Eddie Murphy's getting back into stand-up. Good. They offered him $70 million to come back and do stand-up again. He hasn't done it in 30 years. Dude, that's freaking awesome. He's been doing Shrek. He's been he's he's making bank doing those freaking uh, voiceovers. Yeah. You know how much more material he's got? Yeah, but the thing is, like, stand-up comedy is one of those things where if you're not practicing and you're not on your game... Yeah, it's tough. Again, what other what other art do you need to have an audience for? You get that you get that feedback, that validation right away. And if you're not on that audience is you're going to know and it's going it, to no matter how great you think you are, how big your ego is, if you're up there and you think you're funny and the audience doesn't, that's going to creep into your soul and destroy you. Especially if someone who's that rich and that successful and that famous yeah. and you used to be the best at it. That's, that's well, I, wonder, I remember seeing Raw. That was one of the first, I guess, say one of the only stand-up comedies that was like a movie. Like you went to the movie theater and you saw it. Like I think Richard Pryor's uh, Live at the Sunset Strip was like the first really big one. Oh, okay, and then he did that, and then and then since he did that, has there been any other big ones? No, right. Well, now I mean, they had, I, think, I think Dice had a couple. Um. The yeah, George, see, I think, you see a show once and you're like, I, I freaking saw this already. It's the same shit over and over. There's no news. Well, now it's, it became, you know, the special, like, you know, like HBO used to have them. And then yeah. now Netflix just has like a million of them all. Like There's a shit ton for them too, right? Yeah. They did pay pretty well. And the cool thing about Netflix is too, they don't, they don't like try to, uh, I mean, Comedy Central used to have them too, but I think they yeah. kind of, they, I don't know how much freedom they gave the actual performer to do what they wanted. I heard Netflix just lets them do whatever they want. Yeah. Which is great because then you 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 don't want people to be censored in that art form. Because that's when it kind of sucks. Yeah. Like whenever you have something, if you would like stand up comedy on ABC, I guarantee you it would suck. It would be it would be like that same corny hacky shit that you see in those um sitcoms now. Yeah. But Eddie Murphy then, he was doing fat jokes. He was doing like... Gay jokes. Have you hamana, watched, hamana, hamana, like... Have you watched one of those recently? Like Raw and Delirious? Uh, no, I haven't you, watched those. You kind of cringe now. Like it's just at that time, it was okay. It's like... It was funny, yeah. Because he talks a lot about like gay dudes, you know? And, and he's also wearing a tight red freaking leather... Leather <laughs> red ash chappin freaking suit, man. Some of that is some of it is really funny. I just watched um, comedians in cars getting coffee. The yeah, just came out and they had Eddie Murphy on. I and saw that. I want to watch ice, it. Ice cream bit. Oh, I didn't see it. I didn't see it. Ice cream. Yeah, have none. <laughs> That's freaking awesome. Yeah, he he was great back then. But now again, but he with, comes out now. Are people expecting like Shrek jokes and shit? Or well, the problem is they're going to look at the old one again and be like, "Can you believe what he said thirty five years ago?" It's like, yeah. dude. Stop it. That was then. This is now. He's not Maybe saying he'll make fun of himself. That would be great. He he's gonna have to go that route. Well, remember, like, did you see the thing a couple years ago when he was uh talking about Bill Cosby? Yeah, because yeah. Bill had to give that award back and he did like oh. his impression of him and just trashed him. Oh, he trashed great. Cosby all his career because he was then, yeah, because he would give him shit. Bill Cosby he was talking to praise said, told, told Bill to have a coke in his mouth, shut the fuck up. Yeah, <laughs> Prior, so, yeah that was that was great. Because again, like Bill Cosby, of course, Mr. Squeaky Clean Image. You know, the Cosby Show, Bill Huxley. Roofing the fuck out of people. 
Yeah. Rudy! You know, he's all Mr. High and Mighty, and then he realized he's actually out there just drugging and raping women for decades. Damn, and the, uh, the little rascals. That kills me. He owned little rascals. Hit him. How about the um the Cosby? You know, when, I was, when I was little watching Little Rascals, I wasn't racist or anything. This shit was funny. It was entertaining. It's just funny. Yeah. I remember the cake where the kid bit into it and a little trap was on it. We was baking. And nobody gets the reference because it's been hidden, like literally been hidden for like years. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Well, anyway, we're, we're back to August Steiner. <laughs> we're back to August Steiner. Delicious beer. 600 and uh, almost 700 years of making the same beer. So if you can yeah. get your, your lips around one, I'd say go for it. That's the U.S. three times over plus, right? Dude, think about that. I mean, you, know, you go to Boston. That's you know probably one of the older cities in the U.S. And yeah. you'll find something from like 16 something. And it's like, oh my God, look how decrepit and falling apart this amazing old thing is. This beer was made... 300 years before that. Damn. That's some crazy shit. Damn. Anyway, so we're talking beers. We're talking about sleeping. <laughs> and I think we may have talked about this months and months and months ago, but I recently saw this again and wanted to bring it up. So the good folks at Brewdog, which is a brewery based, it's a Scottish based brewery, but they're also in Columbus, Ohio. And I remember when we were, when I was in Norway a few weeks ago, I did have a brew dog beer up there, which was pretty cool. And it was very yummy. But they have at their Ohio, uh, Columbus, Ohio facility, a the brew dog doghouse craft beer hotel. Who? It's pretty nice. Cool. 32 rooms and suites. And every morning you're awakened by the sour aromas of craft beer brewing. And the lobby offers a beer paired breakfast. And every room is fitted with a tap with your favorite brew dog of choice and a mini fridge stocked with a selection of beers curated by founders Martin and James. And also a beer shower with soap made from, you guessed it, beer. Nice. Also a museum in the brewery there as well. So if you're ever out in the Columbus, Ohio area, this seems like something you have to check out if you're a beer fan. I want yeah, to check definitely. it out. I may, drive, I may drive the 15 hours to Ohio to go do this. Is it 15 hours? Probably isn't that far. I'm making that up. It's probably Can't be that far. seven, eight. I think it's like six to Pittsburgh. So it's another two hours, I think, past that. Maybe eight. Yeah. yeah. Could be. It's always on the table. It's always not. Your hotel. I like it. Yeah. All right. So I'm going to go flip the script, go back to International Beer Day. So with International Beer Day and the celebration, they're talking about America's brewery boom. Um, so there's an article from Forbes. They talk about how America's breweries are booming. And they have an infographic, which I love. So it's information behind the graphic. tells a whole little picture. And basically, uh, they had 103 breweries in 1976. Went up to about, I think they said, two or 3,000. From about 2000, you know, 95 swelled up to 2000, stayed steady till about 2010. Since 2010 through 2015, enormous growth, probably to about close to 5,000 breweries. And now they're talking about 2018, not even account for 2019. They're about almost about 7,500 breweries. 
So it's just an incredible amount of like people getting into that space. And it's pretty cool to see. That's crazy. I, it's amazing how much it's grown. I mean, it's one of those things, you know, you, you hear about like American industry dying, which, you know, if we're talking about perhaps, you know, building iPhones and and cars, electronics, that kind of stuff, maybe, but you look at breweries. Yeah. It's it completely exploding. Is that a good thing? To a degree, maybe. I mean, how much beer does a drink? I think it's a sign too that it's uh, maybe with technology, it's a little bit easier to get into the market. Maybe because the economy's better, it's easier to get to fund it. Like who knows, right? Uh, there's also more of a desire for craft beers right now, and there has been for a while. Yeah, I know. I've said this a lot of times over the last couple of weeks. I, I just wonder when the economy does go south and we hit a recession, which is going to happen soon. It's never going to go south. It's just going to be bigly all the time. How we're going to look back at this time. If we're going to look back at it fondly and reminisce over it, or if we're going to be like, yeah, we probably needed to purge some of this and, and streamline this a little bit and get rid of some of it. But Turn your cash to gold. That's what I'm saying. Or Bitcoin. Bitcoin. Get a big safe. Get put your there. gold in there. Get some Bitcoin. Put your crypto in there. That's what I'm Bitcoin, saying. Firearms and know how to hunt, and you'll be fine. And you know what you need? A big safe. <laughs> big safe would not hurt either. Yeah. To store all that stuff. Store your crypto, like you know, your your paper with your crypto uh, codes on it. Your private keys. Private keys. Passphrase. You store your sorry gold and silver. You put it in your, that's the beauty of the Bitcoin. You can put it in your brain. Have a brain wallet. All you oh, need is that brain. Wallet. Go anywhere in the world. Do the hack your brain. They could hack your brain. Man, they will cut your brain in half and be like, we got it. We found it, man. Right. <laughs> yeah, you can lock your brain in the, in a safe. That would that would work too. It's true. It's an option. You think you'd sleep with your brain in the safe? Like Just put like a little safe door to lock your head in a on a pillow in a safe. We may have to experiment with that. We need interns for that. I think I'd like to sleep in a safe. That'd be cool. Like a safe slash walk-in refrigerator. Like if you 50 degrees and like just get in there. It's like, ah, oh, cuddle up in bed. Put the fire on. I don't care. 90 degrees out. It's 50 degrees in my bedroom. Perfect. There you go. There you go. If you had a, that'd be a rough electric bill, I think. But... I don't know. I'm thinking I'm, I'm solar in it. I got to solar it out. You need a lot of panels, my man. I'm <laughs> in Florida, so there's a lot of sun to collect. Yeah. I don't need a lawn. I need solar panels. Screw the lawn. It's all going to be crabgrass anyway. On suck. Why would you ever want one? They're so exactly. I hate mowing that goddamn thing. You like mowing it? You, you mow it like every, probably every week, right? It's got jungle out there. It's been two weeks. <laughs> Looks like shit. It's all crabgrass and weeds. To get so, neighbors make a comment to you, like, yeah, it's been a long while since you, you know, mowed your lawn. Oh, they know better than that. They're, I, they already think I'm crazy. So I'm going to keep going with that stereotype right now. That's you tell them, well, yeah, it's been a while since I killed a man. That, that too, yeah. right? <laughs> you see all those holes in the yard? You want to be in the next one? You just pave it over like, pave it over like a parking lot. I'd and love paint it green. Just pave it, paint it green. It's getting close to that, I assure you. AstroTurf, man. Get some high-quality AstroTurf. It'd be like you're playing like on, on uh, Meadowlands Stadium. <laughs> <laughs> I, I made it Meadowlands, man. Pretty much. <laughs> All right, so talking about craft breweries, and what's absolutely insane is that now Spiked Seltzer is virtually outselling all craft beer. 
That's crazy. How is that possible? I was thinking about this for like the last week, thinking about like, how the fuck does this happen? Yeah, specifically White Claw. It is now officially outselling nearly all craft beer brands in sales. White Claw is pretty good, I gotta say. Yeah. I've done. They need a good cat slogan or a vortex bottle. <laughs> they need the vortex bottle. Yeah. I just, uh, I don't think I may have had one of these at one point. They said the only one that it hasn't surpassed is Blue Moon Belgian White, which I mean, mm, I just, I hang my goddamn head that people like that beer so much. I, I don't get it. Yeah. I, I don't get it either. There's, all right. So I, I thought about this and I was like, so. If you read the can of these, right, they're like a malted beverage. So I don't know how they make it. I guess that's how like wine coolers were too. Like I really think this is like wine coolers just with a different flavor. And now everybody's drinking them because they're called Spike Seltzer. Yeah. Yeah. I think part of it too is, you know, a lot of people are doing like ketogenic diets and trying to watch carbs. And I think this way, you know, you're getting the booze, but you're also not getting a lot of the the ex- extra ill effects of, of extra sugar and carbs and, you know, right. wheats. So well, I'll tell you the truth. When I, when I don't want to drink beer anymore, I go to like a vodka tonic. That's a uh, vodka club. That's like the go-to, right? And it's one of the healthier things you could drink, especially if you're working out, you're trying to stay away from sugar, things like that. That, and um, I tell you, these things are delicious and they're not like, you know, ten percent alcohol. They're they're normal. Actually, some of them are like seven percent, which is. Are you serious? Yeah, it'll creep up on you. I think. Crap. Look at White Claw. I think White Claw's, White Claw's up there. Huh. But um, you really got to taste them and figure out which ones you like. So I I did the taste test of a few of them. White Claw I like. There's um, there's a few other brands that I like, and then, then we come to Truly, right? Now, truly, I was like, oh, cool. This is another Spike Seltzer. Not all Spike Seltzers are the same. Uh, so, truly went on sale here at the local supermarket, and it was buy one, get one, 12-pack. I'm like, oh boy. I guess I'm getting a case. And it's not like they jacked up the price. It was the same price. Like They were just liquidating stock, I guess. So, I bought the mix packs, and I was like, great. I got a lot of things. I'm going to have a little barbecue, blah, blah, blah. I drank a few of them. I'm like, these things suck balls. It oh, was really? horrible. It tasted like somebody took a, um, a a vodka club and threw tequila in it. And I was just like, it just doesn't taste right. It just, I don't know. Something about it just didn't. I know people that love them. They taste great. If you love them, more power to you. Just for me, I didn't like them. And I'm sure people have the same reaction to some of the other ones out there. So they're not all the same. You got to taste them and figure out which one's for you. But there's some pretty good ones out there. Well, according to delish.com, where this article came from, they did a list of the 18 canned cocktails, like the top 18 of them. And your truly came in at number six. All right. Yeah. So there's there's five other better ones you should have gotten. Well, I will tell you the number one sounds really awesome. Which one? It's the boozy black raspberry sparkling water. It's made from the folks of Oscar Oscar Blues. They crafted and canned it. So it's got 100 calories, zero sugar, and one gram of carbs. Have you had the hard water yet? The one in the can, like looks like a beer can. 
Uh, no, it's called hard water. They have oh, some can. What's the one? I've like, actually had it on tap. What's the one? It's like some liquid death. Is that the one? I don't know. It could be, but they're, they're we talked about a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Oh, that was a different one. It's like a badass, like, uh, yeah. Water. Uh, yeah. So, but this is uh, like, I've had it like at local breweries and they, they have water. It's called, it's called hard water. There's a few of them that can it and it hard water. I don't think is the brand name. I think that's just, um, what they, what class they call it. So you have sparkling, uh, sparkling, sparkling seltzer. I mean, sparkling, what do they call these things? Um, yeah, spike seltzers, and then there's hard water. And the hard water, it literally, I've had some that taste just like freaking water with like a hint of like lemon or lime or some other fruity shit in there. And I'm like, if I was like working out and I grabbed this water, I would have think this was like a vitamin water or like something like that. It is fucking dangerous. Yeah, it, it, it will, it could really fake you out. So if you, if you see hard water and there's a few brands that can it, and I think they're distributed. You try that. You just have to try it and, you know, get it nice and cold, try it. And you will be like, holy shit. I wouldn't even necessarily know there was like alcohol in this. It's bad. Like I could see like, forget, forget the Bill Cosby roofie. This is the new Bill Cosby roofie in a can. <laughs> I mean, it's delicious, but you really got to watch because, um, I imagine that shit will creep up on you. It'll creep up on you better than can of punch, man. Better than can of punch. That's impressive. <laughs> ah, yeah. So this, um, yeah, apparently it's that blackberry one. That's the one to go for. But yes, uh, these, these summers, uh, this summer, these spiked seltzers are somehow outgunning all the craft beers, which is kind of crazy. But you know, <laughs> Miami, Miami Beer Company makes a hard water. Okay. But there's a few of them down here that may, and I'm like, I don't know, man. This is like the Everclear to the beer. <laughs> what Everclear was to liquor, this is to beer. Oof. It's crazy. And and Spike Seltzer. Yeah, but these, uh, these things are selling like crazy. 193% sales growth compared to a year ago. So. Damn. White Claw is out there crushing it. So nice job, White Claw. Hey, if you're into it, awesome. If you're not, uh, why not? Maybe if you're get- in college up north and you don't get any hard water. Got to get it here. Bring it up there for a party. Yeah, there you go. Roofie in a can. Roofie <laughs> in a can. Goddamn horrible. <laughs> All right, next up. While we're in uh, International Beer Day... Um, Vine Pair asked 20 brewers, what are the worst trends in beer right now? And it's funny because Brian found this story and I found this story like kind of the same. I deleted my, but it, it's like, yeah, we want to know what's good and bad. So, um, or at least what's bad. So worst trends right now. Um, yeah, they don't have like a whole list. It's like kind of scattered. Yeah, and I don't really know, you know, a lot of these brewers that they're asking, a lot of them are, you know, very, like, I wonder how they gathered all these people's comments. Like, there's, there seem like they're very, like, super micro breweries that they found. Um, what I don't like about it is their comments from people. And I'm like, I don't know these people. I know there's some of them are founder and brewmaster and blah, blah, blah. And it, it's cool, but like, they didn't, like, 
conglomerate all the comments into one like list. Um, but the comments are kind of interesting. Like you read some of them and they're like, you know, well, you definitely see some of our self-serving. Yeah. That's the thing you, you notice when you read all these comments. Right. But I think there, there's a few trends. So I know a lot of them were turned off by the fruitiness of the beers where they're fruiting beers now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know too, if it's just like, uh, if it's just the summer season when they interviewed them, like, cause you know, summer beer beers are a little more fruity because it's the summer. They're a little bit lighter. They're a little bit, you know, um, there's one that I'm like, he says, not enough minorities, blacks and Hispanics are drinking craft beer. That one. And that's by an intern. I'm like, God, damn. how do you let this guy get on tape? And you're going to post that. Like, is that the most like, uh, like virtue signaling, like stupid comment you've ever read in your life? At anything? It's like, dude, maybe the people you're talking about just don't fucking like them. <laughs> Unless that was the best comment out of that brain <laughs> that you could get a clip from to post. Like that's pretty messed up. Like what a like, like again, self-serving virtue signaling douchey thing to say. Did everybody else you interviewed at that brewery say the N word? Like what happened there? Well, maybe the beer you're making sucks and nobody wants to drink it. That's true. Who are on meth. A bunch of white people on meth are the ones oh. drinking the beer. It's crazy. Then they talk about like lactose. There's a lot of lactose more in beer now, right? Yeah. And as someone who's lactose tolerant, I say, I fucking love them. So what happens if you're lactose intolerant? Is that going to kill you if they put lactose in the beer or is it fermented out? Fart up a storm. <laughs> Farting up a storm. Lactose Ooh. beer farts. Beer farts, man. That's bad. Yeah. But that's, that'd be a good name for a lactose IPA. Future beer farts. <laughs> I like what this one person says from Jagged Mountain Craft Brewery. They say, I honestly hate the fermented super fruity beers. And they go on to say, if you get to that point, um, just go down to Jamba Juice and get yourself a smoothie. <laughs> but you know, there's definitely something to that. But there's also, you know, a lot of times these these breweries are taking chances and trying things different. Yeah. And you know what? Sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. But that's how you know, we learn. So, you know, Pete, maybe you don't like what someone else is doing. Great. Start your own brewery and make your own thing. That's not that. That's fine. That's wonderful. That's great. That's why, you know, even like Game of Thrones, people were so pissed off at the end of Game of Thrones. Okay, fine. Maybe you shouldn't tie your happiness to someone else's art. Make your own show if you didn't like the way it ended. You know, like everyone wants exactly. to complain about things. Build your own thing. Create your own thing. Why do you think we built this podcast? Because we did, all the other podcasts weren't this. We wanted something that was this. And that's why we yeah. did it. Make your own thing if you don't like what's out there. Well, we were talking about beer before, right? Coming from 600 plus years ago, right? Still around today, probably the same recipe, same recipe, if not, if not the same recipe, uh, maybe same ingredients, maybe a little bit of different ingredients, but probably the same beer, similar to how they brewed it almost 700 years ago. Oh, right? breaking, breaking news. I just found out. Um, August Steiner is coming out with a spiked seltzer tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> just this just thin. <laughs> just thin. Oh, wait a minute. Oh, I'm being told fake news. Total fake news. <laughs> August Steiner is not coming out. Everybody's with running around. Oh, they're running around Munich. Oh, it's perukt. He gets the salsa. But anyway, so you think about beer, right? Now, the standard that we have in our mind about beer is the beer that's been around for centuries, right? 
literally centuries. That is beer. Now you're making a derivation of the beer and that's why they call it craft beer, right? So craft beer is you're crafting, you're putting something else into it to make it, to elevate it beyond what your normal idea of beer is. To me, that's kind of what, what I think of when I think of craft beer. They're artisans. They want to play around with it and they're going to push the envelope. Not everybody's going to like what they create, but they're going to create something not just for the sake of creating, but because they think it's, it's going to further like elevate beer. Yeah. Right. It's they're, they're an artist. It's the same with the music. You know what? You may love playing the oboe. Someone else may go, I hate the fucking oboe. Doesn't yeah. your, either opinion is right or wrong. It just is that person's art versus someone else's art. You know, right. that's great. You like it. You may like it. You may hate it. It's just like you go to a museum. How many times have you gone to a museum and somebody's like, oh, I love that painting. It's fucking beautiful. And you look at it like, I hate that fucking painting. There's no way I'd want to see that in any form of my life, except for in this fucking place right here. You know, there's, there's art that I'd want to, if somebody gave me it, I'd be like, great. I'm going to take this right to the auction house. And there's other art that I'm like, wow, people don't like it. But I'm like, I love that. I'd put it up in my house. I want to see it every day. You yeah. Know? It's everyone's got their own different tastes. And yet that's why that you go to the liquor store now. And there are so many different beers because again, people like different things People are making different things. And that's great. That's beautiful. I do love the My favorite comment is the last one, <laughs> which is, you know, what's this, this person, you know, obviously the question is what are some of the disturbing trends in beer? And this guy goes the etern- eternally unsatisfied drinker. <laughs> I agree with that. That's beautiful. That's perfect. I think like that hits it. That kind of hits the trend of, I think where we've gone with a lot of things what's in the last the thing. What's the big thing? What's the new hot thing? Everyone wanted to kind of like, well, I want to find that new cool thing so I can take a picture of it and put it on Instagram and show it off to everybody. Right. And then when it's on Instagram, Oh, well, there's something better. There's always something better, different. And you're on this wheel. Yep. More, better, different, more, better, different. You're, you're looking for the more, better, different in your life and in life around you. And it's, you're never going to be satisfied. Yeah. What's the old saying that, um, is it comparison is the, the enemy of joy? I think it was. Yeah. It is the enemy of joy. You know, again, it's, it's super true. If you, you know, you go on and you're like, oh my God, I just got some treehouse Julius. I love Julius. Well, have you had King Julius? Yeah. No, I was like, fuck, no, I got to get that. Well, they only make it once a year, bro. You just missed out. Ha ha. I had it. It was awesome. Well, think of, think of, like, there are some people that I've sat around and talked to and you're like, oh, I've been to, you know, Whistler. And like, oh, Whistler is great, but have you been to this other place? I'm like, Uh, no, because Whistler was fucking great for me. And I have that in my mind. Honestly, Tahoe was one of the best trips ever because of who I was, where I was. And at the time that it hit me, that was one of the best trips ever. Yeah, the goddamn one-uppers, man. Those are the worst. Like, they always want to one-up, and it's like, just because it appears better or it's the hot trend now doesn't mean I had a better time skiing there. Like, I enjoy my ski day because I enjoy my ski day for many reasons. The snow, the... I've had days where I've had greater days, more enjoyable days in worse ski conditions because the people I've been around, the fun I had, the shit we talked, like, just the, the experience... And I think that's why we got into doing this podcast because we want to talk to people about, it's not just about what you did, where you went. It's about the experience you had while you're there. There's so and much that's what people get. There's, there's more to skiing than just every single turn and how much powder you were in. You know, there's yeah. 
much more. There's a, a freedom, there's a joy, there's a celebration. That's what, you know, the podcast is. All the things we talked about before and after the ski parts are all about kind of the joy, happiness, celebration. That's the glue to the whole skiing experience. Yeah. And you know what? I respect the person that gets home from work, pops open a Budweiser, sits down and has a little relaxation and a little peace and serenity having their fucking Budweiser beer or their whatever it is that, that they get that's normal and run of the mill and not crafts, but they enjoy it. And that's what it means. Whatever makes you happy. You know, that's one thing we always want to, you know, shame people or put them down and try to elevate ourselves, try to make ourselves feel better. But really, you know, it's all about people finding happiness. We're all trying to find happiness and get through this, this life. So that's like saying you could have the fanciest dog shit on earth. I still don't want to eat it. (laughs) Right. The best. Shame on you. Only twice. Shame on me. And again, I go back to the South park where they're smelling their own farts in the wine glass. (laughs) They're smug. (laughs) <laughs> one of the best ones was uh, when Cartman had the Asperger's <laughs> restaurant and he would like fart on every burger and like, he would be like, Oh my God, this burger is so amazing. He's like, it's so great. Getting hints of like, tacos and <laughs> tacos. Pizza. Yeah. Yeah. I gotta go make some burgers and he's in there just farting on them. Fucking great. I love South Park. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, sometimes i gotta like be careful like i got a 12 year old around the, the house now i'm like i can't watch family guy openly i gotta like taper like you know some of these things i watch that i'm like oh yeah this is funny tell i'm like whoa but it's not that funny maybe in another few years and you'll appreciate it and you know they probably know it all but i don't want to contribute to it yeah i know right i'm like i'll just i'll just be chill out for a little while <laughs> <laughs> All right. And with that, we're finally going to wrap up the old I pray today. And we'll take a quick little ride into the gondola. And we're going to make it really quick here this week. Uh, you know, we had a nice double episode with our boy Frank the last couple of weeks. Double bean. Double bean last week. So we're just going to have one story here this week. And this was kind of interesting, you know, with the pol- uh, politics and political debates have started already, you know, a year and a half ahead of the election, which is a little ridiculous. But, you know, America in 2019 is a ridiculous place. This story just came out last week that marijuana legalization is more popular than free college and a $15 minimum wage. Boom. How great is that? I, th- I think that's about at par with what I'm thinking. So this was a Marist poll, which was funded by NPR and PBS NewsHour, involved phone interviews with 1,346 U.S. adults from July 15th to 17th. Participants were asked to say whether they felt 20 different policy proposals were good or bad ideas. The top of the list, 63% of respondents said that legalizing cannabis is a good idea compared to 32% who expressed opposition. Nice. Requiring background checks for firearm purchases, allowing people to opt into Medicare government regulation on prescription drug prices, and creating a pathway for immigrants who are in the U.S. illegally to become citizens were the only issues in the poll that proved more popular than marijuana. Wow. That's pretty crazy. And why are they not saying, let's get the layup, the slam dunk, and just do marijuana legalization? Come on, man. Yeah, it's just gotten to the point. It's like, you you know where this is going to go, right? Like the writing is, is completely on the wall. You know, people have, and all the people who are now older, who are, you know, 
dying off is the only is the not nice but realistic way of putting it are the ones who are opposing it still. You look yeah. at any, any younger demographic when you pull them on that, they're all for approving it. Yeah. So I think out of those out of those things they're talking about minimum wage, I could see that's only being fought by companies versus employees, mm-hmm. right? All the other things are being fought between people versus people, except for marijuana. That is kind of like, yeah, why is it not in there? You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. It shouldn't be a hot topic. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> the only people who aren't going to benefit from marijuana being legalized are pharmaceuticals. <clears throat> pharmaceuticals. <laughs> Pharmaceuticals and the prisons. Opium. Opium. Are you right there? You okay? Yeah. Oof. I'm better now. I took a pill. Do you need a lozenge, perhaps? I, I took a pill. I'm good. Oh, good. Shoof. Thank God for those pills. Ooh. No side effects, right? None yeah, at all? Uh, well, hot dog fingers. That's I got to watch out for that. Curse. Let me show you. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I'm having Red Bull again. Red Balls. Yes, yeah, so that's our quick little uh, little Let's story here in the gondola. And now we're going to roll right into the ski news. And, you know, it's the first week in August. We're officially into August. And there is still one ski area in the U.S. that is open. It is Deer Sweet Mount Hood out in Oregon. What? Yeah, they're still open. People are still shredding. Timberline Lodge. What's crazy is they're skiing from 7 to 2 p.m., 2,600 of vertical, 73 bucks for a lift ticket. Wow. Now, I was thinking about this because I know our, our boy Nick sent this to us and you know we were having a fun little texturing going back and forth about it. I was like, wow, that's expensive. And then I'm thinking to myself, if you're skiing in August, <laughs> you are super hardcore and you already have a season pass. Dude, not only that, you're making out. You're 200 days into your season at this point. Not only that, we're here. Imagine being like, oh, I want to learn to ski in August. Yeah. Where are you going to go? Fucking Bariloche? You're going to take a trip, a flight, and some hotel and do a seven-day minimum kind of stay at Bariloche or Portillo or something like that? Yeah. That's that's badass, but it, it's, it takes commitment and money. And if you're just starting out, those are two things you probably don't have. Or one. Yeah. They could, they could charge $400 for a ticket right now. Because you know what? You want to go skiing? This is where you got to go. Yeah. You got a monopoly on skiing right now. I'm looking at the uh, live webcam image from a couple days ago. And I'm trying to see... I, I'm trying to tell if it's... It looks kind of okay. It doesn't look amazing, obviously. Because, you know, again, it is August. It is August. <laughs> but there's still, like, you know, a nice continuous patch of snow you can go on. It's pretty awesome. I mean, you know, they're used to going into September anyway, usually. So this is nothing new or unusual for them, but it's, uh, it's always, it's always cool seeing that. Yeah. I'm almost get, uh, getting a little weary right now. I'm wondering if, if it's, if that's the only, like, I don't know, are things going to change that much where we got to start skiing later? Like, or is it just out west? Is it a freak year? Like, are the seasons changing? Like, I don't know. Yeah, that's yeah. It's you know you always you hear yeah, about, you plan vacation in January now. Are you getting screwed at the beginning of January? You know. Yeah, you're almost 
but you never know. You, you meet those weird rogue weeks in February. Remember when we were in freaking Utah two years ago? Yeah. We, we were there the first, was it the first or second week in February? It should have been frigid and dumping every day. Apocalypse, we a no. goddamn day where it was fucking raining on a Friday in February. It was, it was torrential was, rain too. I was like, we were pissed off. Torrential fucking rain. We were wandering around Park City like a couple of assholes because we're like, we're not skiing. This is the dumbest thing ever. Why are we here? But Dude, it's shopping. We went shopping like a couple of freaking yentas. Just a bunch of little fucking Marys running around shopping. Novelty t-shirts like like assholes. The one good thing about that was at the top of the mountain, much joy the next day. It was all snow up there, baby. Yeah. Luckily, the next day we were able to enjoy it. But yeah, it's uh, you don't know. I, I don't know what's going on with the weather. You know, we, we talked about snowmaking and the idea of creating a cold making machine. I wish I wish I could just borrow Elon Musk's brain. Maybe that whole neural link that he's coming up with, we can like tap into his brain to figure out how we can make cold making machines. All they got to do is put like a uh, solar solar blanket and just spread it out, send it up with SpaceX, do like this giant solar thing, block out the sun for like out two days. It'll cool down the earth like in no time. Weren't they doing that? Be a reset. Wasn't there, wasn't there some sort of uh, one of the things they launched with SpaceX were those satellites that were going to be solar panels? What if they put enough of those out there to kind of block out the sun? Like, yeah, just well, apparently there's so much space junk out there. Like, why are we sending the rocket up, getting the space junk, bring it down, and resell it? Salvaged space junk. Wasn't this it as like a giant like gold asteroid out there that if we could like go and mine it it'll be like more gold than we ever have on this whole planet nice and there's like a diamond there's all these minerals out in space and they're saying in the next couple hundred years that's going to be one of the big um jobs that exist that doesn't exist now is space mining elon musk he's planning he's planning though yeah, five five kids too i know five kids pass it down you're the you're the gold miner you're the diamond miner <laughs> Everyone's got a role. It's going to be like uh, Reservoir Dogs. You're Mr. Gold. You're Mr. Diamond. That's right. Mr. Pink. <laughs> you can't even say what that guy is. You can't say what Mr. Pink is anymore. Can't even say. You're a beeping beep. Ah, that's right. You can't watch that on regular TV. You can't watch Reservoir Dogs on regular TV. Why do I be Mr. Pink? Because you're a F dash 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 T. Dude, nothing's more frustrating than watching. Like you're flipping through the channels, you're like, "Oh, great, Reservoir Dogs is." You know what? Don't I've bother. It where I'm flipping through the channels, and freaking Scarface is on like regular TV. I'm like, "Well, I got to see where this goes." And they start changing words and beeping stuff out. And you're like, "There's no dialogue, no dialogue at all." No. Yeah, it's I tried TBS once, and I was like, "Why am I even bothering?" Yeah. Why did they even bother showing it though? It's like not even a real movie. Yeah. Pretty much. It's a shadow. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Here, here's an update we have for everybody's talking about passes. And I've been I've been stressing about passes. I'm wondering if we should buy a pass. Breaking news. This happened Breaking tonight. Day. We're recording this on Friday. It's probably go out Monday, but this was Friday. Well, we found out about this yesterday. Let's not, you know. I'm we, got a we got we got a guy. Uh, so a basin announced Friday morning this morning that it would partner with Altera and join the icon pass starting this winter. What, 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 what? So if anybody doesn't know last 
after last year, they came out to Epic and they said, you know, the parking was horrendous for them. It was too many crowds. It was just overcrowding. Um, so they were ready to go on their own. So they, they separated from the Epic Pass. Well, lo and behold, hey, you know what? Maybe the Icon Pass is the one that's going to be the right right size for us. So they decided to jump ship, go to the um, the other side, so to speak, because this is a Coke and Pepsi world, I think, that we're setting up for skiing. Dude, this and, is like a Cold War, like Russia versus the U.S., man. This is bigger than this is bigger than soda. This is gigantic. This is it. That's it. This is the Coke and Pepsi right there. I wonder if Icon, that would be cool if like Icon signed a deal exclusively for like Coke or Pepsi and the other one did Coke <laughs> the other one. That'd be great. Uh, but anyway, so they're saying uh, they looked at the Icon partners and they said it seemed like a better fit for them. Um, and they're saying Summit County is now split with Breckenridge and Keystone on the Epic and A-Basin and Copper on the Icon. So for the county, it's kind of uh, nice to have that even split because you're going to get people from both sides coming into the town. Getting some rivalries going on. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a big, bold move. And, you know, it's almost like if, you know, back in the day, like WWE, when like, you think there's like an alliance forming and then the yes. guy rips his shirt off and he's like the other guys, then you're like, the crowd's going crazy. Like, oh my God, can you believe we did that? And Jim Ross and the King are like, oh my God, I can't believe what's going on. Like, can you believe like when you know DX back in the day and like Stone Cold, like that kind of stuff. You know, unfortunately, I know exactly what you're talking about. Fortunately, I know. Yeah, I just, I for some reason, I, I, think, I think I listened to like Mike Tyson on Joe Rogan a couple months ago, and then for some reason, I went on YouTube and found when Mike Tyson was in the WWE, and he was like supposed to be like fighting like Shawn Michaels, the Heartbreak Kid. Yeah, he ends up like they end up like ripping his shirt off, and he has the DX shirt, and like him and Triple H are like doing like suck it thing, and everyone's like. Oh! Oh my God, Mike Tyson's with Degeneration X. Oh my God. Like it's so uh, stupid. And I got the worst douche chills watching it because I was so excited, <laughs> but also like, oh, this is so dumb. I remember talking to you and you were so into it. I was like, oh, I guess he really likes wrestling. That's that's oh, cool. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go. <laughs> uh, I'm so busy. I got things I gotta do. I gotta wash my hair. But it's entertaining. It's getting it's getting big again. Yeah, they they kind of went a different route though. I mean, that back in like the you know late '90s, early 2000s, it was getting like really like provocative and messed up, and they were they were getting the girls like they were getting porn stars to be like the girlfriend Trish room girls or something. Trish Stratus, oh my god, her back in the day. But it was like they were getting actual porn stars to be like the girls, ring girls. They were fighting like there was like it was it got into it broke into a whole new like area and now it got back down to now they made now well, it's everyone who was liking it in their like 20s or teens then they kind of now have kids and they're watching with it now they're making it a little more family friendly and more fun again like back kind of how it started yeah back in how it was like in the 80s you know like the hulk hogan and you know roddy roddy piper iron sheet that kind of stuff i remember andre the giant ivan putski <laughs> the uh hacksaw jim dugan like oh uh, he was the days roddy piper I remember the Nature Boy. I saw the Nature Boy and um. Did you see um that Jake the Snake Roberts documentary? No, Jake the was, Snake he was he was in real bad shape for a while. Was he? Yeah, that was, yeah. I heard him on Joe Rogan last year. He was uh, he was he had some stories, man. He had a whole story about him and the Macho Man. The Macho Man, Randy Savage. A great impression of him because they had like in that match. That was the one where um. 
there, oh, there's like the best gif where it's like the macho man is tied up in the ropes and Jake sicks the snake on him. Now the snake oh. doesn't have venom or anything or anymore. And um, they, uh, there's a, they, sh- they show that happening and they show this little boy in the crowd crying. <laughs> Uh yeah, kids would get upset. Oh, rough man. Macho man's like bleeding, and of course the announcers are just like you know, hamming it up. All and, the adults were just like screaming, and you'd see kids just like freaking out in the stands, like oh, yeah. wow. Dude, you do, kid. Find that clip, man. And yeah. so then this on in the interview with Jake the Snake, he's talking about it, and he's doing the Macho Man person, you know, impression. And it was it was awesome. He's like, he's like, we're in the locker room before the match, and he's like, he's like, hey there, Jake. He's like, let me see the snake. He's like, I want to have it bite you first. He's like, he didn't. My <laughs> impression sucks right now. Yeah. Too many beers and too much coffee. I can't do it. I can't do it good in the first place. But he actually, <laughs> Macho Man actually made Jake have the snake bite him before because he didn't trust him that it wasn't going to, he thought it was going to have the venom in it. He's like, oh, that's hilarious. Gonna steal my belt. He's like, you're going to poison me. You're going to, st- I'm going to die. You're going to steal my belt. <laughs> <laughs> that's what he about. You steal my belt. Continental <laughs> championship belt. You're going to put me in a coma just to get my belt. I know what you're going to do, what you're up to. Oh, but his impression of him was fantastic. It was great. Dude, I'll never forget Ivan Putski. I forgot who was, who was fighting. Middle of the fight. This is before they had the uh, 10 second or five second delay. Mm-hmm. Freaking fighting somebody and the dude pulled his pants down. His bare ass just running around the ring. <laughs> My dad laughing his ass off. <laughs> it's like, look at this fucking thing. It was great. Hilarious. Yeah, it was a simpler time. Simpler time. That was before the delay. Then they put that delay in. It's like, damn it, you can't get anything by. Yeah. <laughs> I actually went to a couple of events at Madison Square Garden. There's a, yeah. They were, uh, it's it's so much better to watch on TV because it's actually long. I mean, there's a lot of time. But, you know, when the music comes on and stuff, like it, it's actually, again, douche chills. It's kind of it's a the drama. Oh, Dude, yeah. there's, there's a local. So I go down to uh, Main Street down here. And there is a video arcade. Uh, I think the one I told you about, they got pinball machines and all the old, there's nothing new. Like there's another one that I went to that's all new stuff like Xbox and PlayStation and Wii and stuff. This is all like pinball machines and old, like they, they still do have some of like the old Atari and old PlayStation, like nothing like new, but it's all retro. And they actually do like, I got to say once a month or once every two months, they work with a company and in back in the parking lot, these people come and they set up a whole wrestling thing, a whole pro. Re- they had luchadors last time oh, and really? fully wrestling, like chucking them down. Like, you know, and I guess these are guys trying to make it. So it's a way for them to make a little money. You pay, I think it's like $10 for the event and you go and they have like two hours of wrestling, like all these matches set up. And they said, that it's pretty cool. The one dude was showing me pictures of it. I was like, this, you really set this up in the, like, you really get a permit to set this up. And he's like, yeah, we, we just get a permit. And the company comes in and they have everything set up, you know, the wrestlers and everything. So I was like, I got to go see it next time. Oh, that's pretty awesome. That's how it used to be. They used to have like local high schools and local, you know, municipal places. They'd have these wrestling events and you'd be like, yeah, this is semi-pro wrestling, you know? I went to one, yeah, back in like seventh grade. We had this like group that we would do all these weird little like events and stuff. And uh, yeah, that we went to one like a local high school and it was like the guys like you may have heard of the one guy. He like might have been on something like back in the day. Like he was like on those, like the, the lame, like Saturday morning wrestling, you know, like as like one of the heels. 
In the oh movie. yeah. Like it might be that guy. Ah, there's the snake biting Jake. That's freaking awesome. Is I the, mean, biting a uh, macho man. Is the gif working or is just the picture? Oh uh, no, I just got the picture. I didn't uh, get the gif. The freaking, um, <laughs> I don't know if this works because you got to get the gif because it shows the kid crying too. It's <laughs> absolutely <laughs> frightening. Oh, this kid is not having any of it. But that was the best when they would chuck out like the uh they would grab the chair and be like, Oh, did you see it? Like he got a chair, he started beating him. And then you watch it, like, yeah, he's just kind of oh, there it is. As <laughs> 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 a little little kid, he's like, Aah. Oh my god, the thing is chomping on him. Isn't that great? Kid's crying his ass off. Oh, it's beautiful. It's terrible and beautiful at the same time. <laughs> oh, he's like, oh, my mommy. You got the macho man. You got the macho man, mommy. What'd you do? Macho man. Yeah. All right. Yeah, he so died steroids or something, right? No, he died in a car accident. He like rolled his Jeep or something. A bunch of years ago. Oh, did he? Yeah. I mean, I'm sure hmm. other things were in play, but... I think he was on, he might have been on painkillers or something, but he uh, he definitely died in a car crash. Wow. That's horrible. Brutal. Well, if he's on painkillers, how did he know he died? I'm joking. Um, oh, Jeff was just asking us which which of the bums, who the bums in the, uh, who's who in the in a picture. Oh, really? Yeah. I never thought about that. You don't know who's who unless you know us. That's true. Yes, we are very mysterious you gotta tell them you're not a fan you don't see our video like you gotta watch our video we are that's right all right next up hermitage club assets to go on the block boom now the hermitage club we have talked about several times this was that very luxurious ski country club up in west dover vermont and it had this the vision was a, a private swanky ski club on the defunct Haystack Mountain Ski Area in Southern Vermont. Right but, by Mount Snow, right? Right by Mount Snow. So we're talking Southern Vermont. Uh, I don't know the exact statistics, but what are we talking? Maybe 1,100 feet of vertical in Southern yeah. Vermont. It's a f- fine mountain for what it is. If you were paying 60 bucks for a lift ticket, if you had to pay $65,000 a year to belong to it, mm, get the might, fuck out of here is what I'd you say. You might think about spending that money differently. You might just have a lot of extra money to spend. So yeah, it came back to life in 2011 with a stunning 90,000 square foot timber frame clubhouse with plush carpets, $15,000 worth of antler chandeliers, private lockers done in polished wood, a vast elegant dining area, fitness center, and spa. Six lifts, six lifts covering 45 trails, including the nation's first six passenger heated Doppelmeyer bubble lift. Yes. On May, March 29th, 2015, there was a reservation party at the club for the soon to be built hotel Hermitage, a luxurious 95 unit, hotel slash condominium that was expected to be available to members and their guests by December of 2016. It all sounds lovely. Yes, but (laughs) members only $65,000 as well as fees on top of that, such as 1300 bucks for a locker rental for a quote, 
a quote family legacy membership. Damn. But now, surprise, surprise, this club has faced a host of legal and financial challenges. Of course. In 2018, Berkshire Bank started foreclosure proceedings and the resort was shut down in 2018 by the state after owing more than a million in back taxes. In Damn. February of 2019, the Hermitage Club was also charged with paying $40,000 in restitution to a whistleblower who charged that the founder, Jim Barnes, had engaged in illegal accounting. Damn. And then the, uh, another part of it got put on the auction block last year. In May, it filed Chapter 11 bankruptcy. And now um, they've, they just announced last week that it is turning into a Chapter 7 liquidation and ordered the appointment of a trustee to oversee the sale process. Yeah, that's kind of it. They're like selling shit. Yes, the club now joins Jay Peak and Burke Mountain on the list of Vermont resorts that are now being managed by a court-appointed trustee or receiver. Wow. Now, Jay Peak and Burke Mountain are way better mountains. <laughs> Number yes. one. Could you imagine? I, I, I Haystack is tiny. It's next to Mount Snow, but it's not Mount Snow. I mean, if it was connected and part of Mount Snow, that'd be different, but it's not. But it's not even like, it's not even that great of a mountain. Like this isn't the Yellowstone Club. You right. know, this isn't something you're not getting this amazing location and tons of, you know, amazing terrain. It's decent terrain at best. And what you got to pay for that. With so good snow. So I, you know, if you were on Instagram, I, I did one of those stonks memes, which I freaking can't get stonks. enough of these days. I'm like, <laughs> so for the amount You're of money, okay. for the amount of money it costs to belong to this club, you could pretty much fly a private jet. We're talking like the New York city area where, you know, who they're targeting for this Hermitage Club, a four-hour drive from New York City to there. $65,000. You In that same year, you could probably fly a private jet repeatedly out to Telluride or Wolf Creek and stay and ski out there in the time it takes to, to get there and the costs. Like, why would you ever just ski in Southern Vermont then? Exactly. Like, it, it, it's lunacy. It's complete lunacy. I have no idea how they thought they could make money off of this. Yeah, I don't. It was. A, I think it was a bad plan to begin with. It was just they wanted horrible plan, an exclusive place to go ski with their friend. That's great if if you can afford that luxury. But I don't think it was worth the luxury that you were affording. Let's put it that way. Right. It's it's like saying, oh, you know what? I want to get. I'll need a car. Okay, I'm gonna get a. A Hyundai Accent. Okay, that's, you know, four-door, very basic kind of sedan. Oh, it's going to cost you $96,000. It's like, uh, what? Oh, yeah. Just, don't you want to pay $96,000 for this Hyundai Accent? It's like, no, it's a $20,000 car. Well, we're going to charge you $96,000 for it. That's what you're doing here. You're giving me a Hyundai Accent, and you're charging me friggin', you know, Yellowstone Club. <laughs> Dude, you, you got Bugatti prices for a freaking Hyundai. Let's put Bingo. that Bingo. That's what I'm saying. Right? Yeah. Care if that's a well-vetted Hyundai, exclusive Hyundai. It's the only... No, goddamn Hyundai. can only be driven by you. So I'm going to give you a Hyundai, but it can only be driven by you. You pay Bugatti prices. Yeah. Sorry. No thanks. Or McLaren prices. I think it's Bugatti prices, not McLaren prices. Yeah. I, yeah. I'd say low-end McLaren. An entry, an entry model with McLaren. Entry, yeah, that's right. The one yeah, they just, just two hundred and fifty grand. 
All right, it's time for my second outpray today. Oh, boy. <laughs> so after having a few of the uh, Mega Mix, I'm going for a uh, Cycle Brewing Company, which I love. They're down in St. Pete. Psycho Brewing Company? Cycle. Oh, I thought like Psycho. Psycho. That's, that's oh. a good one. Uh, Cycle Brewing Company. So um, they're a really good brewing company. They're not part of a lot of fancy stuff that goes around. They just kind of keep to themselves, but they make some solid beers. And they have their cream... And sugar, please. Oh, an ale brewed with coffee and lactose. Yeah, coffee and lactose. We were just talking about lactose. Yes, lactose tolerant beer. Mmm. Mmm. Tastes like I'm drinking a iced coffee. It's great. Nice. Mmm. Delicious. Yeah. So that's the that's the other six pack I bought today. Oh, the other day. Oh, okay. Nice. Also international, if yeah, you're in that, Switzerland. That's right. If you're in Switzerland, <laughs> it's international. Uh, all right. So we're done with our Hermitage. I think everyone's done with the Hermitage. <laughs> Aren't we? Except uh, the court-appointed trustee who's running the place. I know. He's like, I'm done with it, but I got to still do this stuff. I'm getting how, paid. Getting how, paid. Did we, how did we become court-appointed trustees <laughs> of, ski, of ski resorts? Yes, I, I must ski this. A little bit more to learn, like what we're really selling here. Um, all right, so Squaw Alpine Meadows Gondola Connect is getting closer to being finished. So I think we talked about this before, but now this is an update. Um, they're saying Squaw Valley and Alpine Meadows have been linked by ownership for a while, but soon they will be connected by a gondola. So we've been talking about this since the uh, Line of Descent movie, the Warren Miller movie from two years ago. I know. I think were they fighting this or it just took a while? Well, I think it took a while, but now it's just a logistical thing. They're too busy skiing there. There's so much snow. They were like, Yeah, you know what? We'll deal with the gondola when the snow melts. We'll and figure it, it out. Took a while. So So they're saying since taking over the two California ski and snowboard resorts in twenty eighteen, Altera has put the resorts under its icon pass and begun to spend the seventeen million dollars it pledged to upgrade. So again, this goes to like when um, you know, Vale announced they were buying, you know, a whole bunch of stuff in New England. That was kind of the, a little bit of the discussion we had on it. Um, was it last week with Frank? Yeah, I think it was yeah, last week. So. so it's kind of, you know, these big companies come in and while it might suck for the novelty that you remember, it's good to have that infusion of cash because, you know, things break down. I mean, people want upgraded uh, equipment and new lifts and new, you know, new, um, you know, food services and, and amenities. So it's kind of nice to see that. So they're actually starting to spend the $17 million. Uh, so it's pretty cool to see them spending the money. And uh, this is moving along now. Yeah, it's cool. So the, the gondola is going to go from the Red Dog Chair at Squaw to the base area at Alpine Meadow. And it takes about 13 to 16 minutes. That's not bad. 33 towers and 2.2 miles. Wow. There will be two midway terminals, one near the base of the KT-22 on the Squaw side and another one about halfway to the Alpine base. Wow. Lift capacity would approximately be 1400 people per hour in both directions that's a ton of people if you think about it that is a ton of people yeah that's per hour man well it's so cool just to have that like you know the um like the one up at whistler the uh what's it called peak peak to peak yeah it's you know it's similar but different to that because that one you're actually at the top well this is you know 
more of base to base. Base to base, yeah. Yeah. But it's kind of nice to have the two mid lifts, right? The two mid stations. Yeah. So I wonder if you can get off and, and just ski from there, which would be cool. Yeah. It's it's really cool that they did this finally. And you know, a lot of times, you know, the ski resorts have these that big lofty plans and they never come to fruition. But this is this is great that it actually finally is happening. Well, I guess people don't realize too, it's not just like, oh yeah, great, we got the space, let's chuck up a lift. They gotta do like assessment for like animals, for environment. Uh, get permits. There's a whole bunch of stuff that goes on. So uh, the fact that they do anything is is pretty amazing. Yeah. With all the red tape. I know. Especially when you're on National Forest. There's yeah. a lot of other stuff you have to go through to make that happen. All right. Next up. Another, another happy story. See here. Possible return for Maine's third largest ski area. Portland Press Herald is reporting that a Boston investment firm is attempting to purchase the defunct Saddleback Ski Resort near Rangley, Maine. The resort has been out of operation since the 2014-15 ski season. Locals may be hesitant due to a few botched attempts at resurrecting the resort, but the Herald has included the details of what happened with the last buyer. Um, <laughs> one potential buyer was the Australian developer, the Magella Group, whose CEO, Sebastian Monsauer, came to Maine in June 2017 to announce he would buy the ski area and turn it into the premier ski resort in North America. He was later arrested in Australia on a charge of fraud after allegedly misusing $5 million from a Chinese developer. Damn. Yeah, that's a bummer. You don't want that to happen. Um, Man. Dude, I could do that. I could, I could fraudulently go there and say, I got a ton of money. I'm going to buy this place. Well, it's like yeah. the, um, the guy who bought the Islanders back yeah. in the 90s. The guy who like pretended to be rich and famous and like was yeah. actually full of shit. He, he almost got away with it and he technically owned the, the club for a few days, right? So crazy, yeah. A potential buyer and investment firm, Arcteris Impact Fund, are confident in taking on the project. Jonathan Tower, a managing partner of the firm, expressed his enthusiasm on the matter. When we express an interest in doing something, it's genuine. We have invested in a lot of communities. This is what we do. So it's not complete, but they're saying that it could be happening and it's possible they could be up and running this season, but more likely next season at the latest. You know the whole problem with that? There was in the last few sentence, <laughs> sentences that were written in there, there's a lot of could be and possibles. <laughs> That's what yeah. there's like, there's not a, we're on track or this is the plan and we're on goal. Like it's a maybe sort of maybe. Well, it's like, did you watch the show billions? Yeah. Love it was that. like that whole thing about that. Uh, when they were putting that casino in. Yeah. Know, like, I think it was the second or third season and like all the, the, the stuff that was going on behind the scenes, people investing in certain areas and buying land in the area where the casino was going to go. And they all knew ahead of time, all the, the rich they're insider guys. Yeah. Yeah. They're all tipped off to invest in that area because the real estate value is going to increase. So, you know, if you knew this was happening, when you start buying up like condos and houses in that town, because if this resort does open, I mean, that value is going to skyrocket, right? Yeah, exactly. Pick up, pick up a few condos up there. Now, what's cool about it, like, so this article says that, you know, it's got steep terrain, good snow, and the glades and shoots are some of the best tree skiing on the East Coast. Oof. So it would be nice to have this as an option again, if this did open up. But again, it, like you said, a lot of maybes, a lot of could happen, a lot of unconfirmed. 
things on complete. So we'll see. I think Elon Musk needs to own a resort. Boom. Dude. Space exit. It would be awesome. Yeah. Space theme. It's like, can you make a, can you bore a tunnel from my house right to the resort? It's right. The boring there, company. Like, they have the boring company. Dude, you can have your, um, your Hyperloop right to the ski resort. Your own Ooh. private Hyperloop. I have a wicked Hyperloop. Yeah. Right from Boston. <laughs> Um, all right. So next up, this is, uh, this, this, I know hit you, hit you home, Brian. This is, uh, good for many reasons, uh, world cup reasons for, um, just hometown reasons. Uh, I know it's one of our, 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 my last official home mountain, but construction began on the $29 million base lodge at Killington's K one area. So that's among the, wave of Vermont ski area upgrade plan for Killington. Um, so they said the K one base lodge is closed because of the construction parking lot in front of the nearby gondola, um, is filled with machinery right now. And they are, they finally were able to break ground, um, on the new lodge and it's been in the work for years. So the fact that they got to breaking ground means they got the permits, they got, they're ready to go and they're rolling. So, uh, they, they're on a, a timeline now to make sure they can get something done for the season so that's workable and usable and and keeps that, you know, I guess the area open, at least during the next ski season. Um, I don't know what they're going to get done before then, but uh, yeah, the, the fact that they're moving dirt around and, and clearing out the land and getting things going. So they're saying uh, the old lodge was built in the 1950s um, and they're saying the new structure is going to be three stories high and 58,000 square feet. So it's 21,000 square feet larger than the current base lodge. Uh, so it's going to be a lot bigger, more user-friendly. So yeah, I'm looking forward to see what this looks like. Yeah. The old lodge, it just, it was so dated. It was bad. Like you go in there and it was like a waiting room for like people waiting for meth or something. It was bad. Yeah. It kind of sucked. I mean, they had like a little, I think they had a little shop to eat, little locker rooms and it was all kind of just like really not well organized. Um, I love the rendition they show the, um, have you, do you see that below there, yeah. that picture what it's going to look like? It looks really cool. It looks really cool. All glass. And then it'll, it'll keep people away from that peak lodge too. Hopefully. Remember after we dug out Andrea's ski in Austria and we went to that lodge? It looks like that. It does a little bit, yeah. Where the guys are drinking beers at like 10 in the morning. It was like sweating our balls dead. off because we just dug out a ski for like 45 minutes. Oh my God, yeah, right. I've sweated so much. That was like the worst hour of a ski trip ever, which turned into the best afternoon ever of a ski trip. Oh, but before that, it was great. We had fresh powder. Until it was fresh powder all day. Yeah. Just till she lost the ski. That was because there was so much fresh powder. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's funny. Like in this article, uh, Magic Mountain retweeted this, and they were like, "Yeah, so Killington's uh, spending twenty nine million bucks on their lodge. We just got two million to to fix our, you know, to improve our. Um, they're putting in a new four person lift, the one from Stratton that they got, and they're installing that. They're like, yeah, we only got two million bucks. It's all we need. Like we're awesome." We don't even, you're like, great. You guys are just wasting so much money over there. Hey, still Thursday. What do they have? What I, love, I love the little guys just talking shit. I love Magic Mountain's moxie. They just are like, you know what? You guys moxie. do your, you guys need all that money and stuff. We just have an awesome mountain and we have fun. 
That's right. Well, what do they do? What's the Thursday price of their lift ticket? It's like 29 bucks. Throwback Thursdays. You know what? Will Killington ever do that? No, because they need the $29 million to spend on this lodge. Bingo. And you know what's awesome about that is that you go to Magic on a Thursday. They is As long as they didn't get more than six inches in a day, they're closed Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. So, so you still- get there on a Thursday... Like when we went, they had gotten like three or four inches each one of those days, like Monday, yeah. Tuesday, Wednesday. Nice. And they got a nice coating on that um, Thursday morning. It was unbelievable. It was so much fun. Even if you get like a, a half inch a day, think about it. You get the wind blown, you get the the few, maybe an inch or two by that time. It fills it in probably pretty nice, you know? Oh, yeah. And now we got one more final story here in Ski News. And we talked about last week, the first ski movie teaser which was from the good folks at Faction. This week, the big boys, TGR, they dropped their first trailer for their new film coming out, Winter Land. Nice. Did you check it out? No, I haven't had a chance yet. It's pretty sweet. So Winterland is a celebration of ski and snowboard culture. Hey, like our podcast. And what they do is, you know, um, they talk about like the ski towns where these people like, you know, the big monster ski athletes and board athletes that they get in the movies, um, where they came from. That was like a big part of the story. And they take a new crop of modern day pioneers eager to etch their names in the annals of history. The technology and style might evolve, but the rush excitement and pure fun remain eternal bonding past present and future riders. The film will follow these individuals as they leave their own mark on these fabled locations. Sweet. Yeah. So they just started listing all of the, the debuts, like when they're going to come out, they're already in uh, Wyoming, Teton village, September 14th. They're going to have their official debut. And then it starts rolling out all over the country. You know, it's pretty much going everywhere and we're going to hope to catch it up in Boston during the snow show in November. Um, I'm going to go see it in October in New York because they have. So if you're in the New York City area, October 15th, I think it's Wednesday, maybe they are going to have uh, their release but it's with the whiskey series yeah w-h-i-s-k-i they're having like a high west tasting along with the movie premiere so it's gonna tickets are gonna be more expensive but you're also gonna have a pretty awesome experience having it with the you know with the uh, the beer tasting or whiskey tasting yeah it's pretty sweet they're doing that in san francisco as well uh denver boulder so a bunch of places have that Bozeman have that whiskey experience as well. So go to the website, tetongravity.com and check it out if you want more info. And I guess that wraps up the ski news, eh? It does. Um, I think it's time for the main topic, isn't it? I think we're finally at the main topic. One hour and 38 minutes in Boom. this beautiful podcast. All right, Mario. So Let's pull back the sheets. Let's tell everybody what we're talking about. You got it. What is it? All right. So we're going to talk about Soldier Mountain Ski Area, which is up for sale on Craigslist. And if anybody hasn't seen this, uh, it was formerly owned by Bruce Willis. So I know 
uh, when Brian wrote this up. Uh, for <laughs> I had summary. a watermelon margarita. He's Two like, of them, actually. I could, I could hear you saying out loud while you're typing it. yippee ki motherfucker. Uh, <laughs> I, was, I was trying to figure out the best way to spell it, too. <laughs> so Bruce Willis is handing off ownership of the ski hill to a local nonprofit, and that nonprofit then sold the ski area. Into, so that was back in 2015. They sold the ski area for $149,000, and now it's back up for sale. So I just want to know how often was Bruce Willis there? Because that's pretty fucking bold to own a ski area. Like that's well, that's, well, that's the weird thing about this. So this was, like I said, it was sold for $149,000 in 2015. Yeah. And now they're trying to sell it for $800,000. Well, they're saying turnkey with all the equipment included, meaning everything is set up to go. Not, I don't know what they had it before. I don't know if it's sold where it was just the mountain, but there was a lot of work to be put in and it wasn't. So they're saying it's, it's ready to go. Like, you can just turn around and so there's formulas you can go through and figure out if this is a good buy at $800,000 because you look at the turnkey readiness of this and you have to figure out how much can we make in the first year. And that's sort of why we made it our main topic because, you know, I think Nick sent this to us, our boy, Nick. Yeah. And you know, we always, go on these little, you know, you get excited. You're like, Oh my God, we should totally buy 800 grand and get a few of us together, figure out a way to, to make it work. And I was reading about this place and I could not get it out of my head. And cause you know, every couple, every couple weeks or months, there's always a new like, Oh, well, this is so-and-so is for sale and this place is for sale. But something about this place just seems so just in line with if I wanted to have, like if we had to have a ski resort, like what would you want? What would you care about? And this is a small place. It's in a really cool area. What's it about? Like an hour and a half, two hours outside of a Boise uh, would be, I guess it would technically be like on the way. If you're going out to sun Valley, catch them that area. Um, it's bad. I gotta say it looks pretty, pretty nice terrain. It, it The pictures look fantastic. Like it really, it just yeah. it hit it hit it checked a lot of boxes. Let's just put it that way. And I thought about it a lot. And you know, you look at the stats here. So you got eleven hundred and fifty skiable acres, thirty six trails, fourteen hundred foot of vertical, two chairlifts, one magic carpet, two thousand skiable cat ski acres, accessed by a twelve seat enclosed snow cat with a yurt in the cat ski terrain. See, so that's that is see, the gold right there. See, this is where it started checking the boxes for me. So, all right, that's so the, the right there, that's the magic. And that's included in the purchase. You get the yurt, you get the snowcat. Like there's a lot of stuff that, that comes with this. Now, I don't know if when that $149,000 purchase happened, if that was included, that was all new. I mean, again, right. I don't think a snowcat and a yurt justify an extra $650,000. But well, how much is a snowcat? They're about 100, 150, right? Probably about that. Well, this one's got the 12. 12 person carrier attachment, which I'm sure is a little bit more than the standard regular setup. Um, so, so it has that. So what's cool is the base area is 5750 and the top is 7200. All right. So that's where you're getting your, you know, 1400 foot of vertical, but the top of this of the cat ski area is 9500 feet. So now your vertical is you're getting closer to the 30. 3750? 
Right. That's some serious vertical there. For some exclusive skiing. Yes. You get the snowcat and the yurt and that type of terrain. That's pretty kick-ass. Hey, yurts um, are... I got to imagine yurts are pretty cheap. You could check up a bunch of yurts, have like yurt village up there. That'd yeah. be nice. So they're saying it's got a 10-year-old lodge with a bar, restaurant, retail, rental, and tuning. There's a ski school, paid and volunteer ski patrol, a cat ski operation, a yurt that sleeps 12. Uh, it's located 11 miles outside of Fairfield in southern Idaho in the Sawtooth National Forest. It draws its ski base from Boise to the west, Sun Valley and Idaho Falls to the east, Twin Falls and Utah to the south. The town is only about 400 people. <laughs> So again, if you want a secluded, excellent, um, unique ski experience, this seems like the spot. Now, they did say there were certain things that they probably need to spend money on. Um, the big one being snow, um, snow making. Um, yeah. And I'm trying to remember where I was reading. I thought it said that it's gotten approval for something in terms of ability to allow increased snowmaking. Um, there was, there was another part of this. I remember there's a different article that I found. Um, but so, you know, one of the things we were looking at was, well, what would really, what would that cost? You know, what would you, what would you need to make to maintain a place like this? Exactly. Like how yeah. much is it going to, and that's where that 800,000 kind of starts to be a little bit painful. Um, Cause again, it, this isn't like a place that's really close to a New York city or a Boston or an LA or a Denver where you have that, that big population that you can pull from to get them to come up and to pay and to, you know, to sustain your resort. Let's start ramping up that tourism, offer deals to people, come on out. And that's where things start getting interesting to me. It's like, okay, well, what could we do to make this place unique and make it a place where people would want to come to for a week? And one of the things, you know, an easy place to start, imagine having like finding a, a really high-end craft beer brewer and bring them there on the spot. Like, listen, man, we just bought this place. We want to make this place a, a real destination. Can you brew beer here for us? And we'll cut you in with profit sharing. That way you incentivize someone to really want to be part of it and to do well and to bring people in because they're going to financially benefit from that. You know, and then, okay, you have the... You up have that the, back country, man. You get up that snow cat area man Oof. yeah and again is it possible to purchase more of that terrain is it all national parks that you can't touch you know there's a lot of things that that you could really do but you know look at a place like a you know you look at places like a kicking horse or a red mountain or places that you know not every casual skier is going to go to but if you have a solid base of hardcores like people who love a kick-ass cat skiing experience who also appreciate good craft beer maybe have some you know the high end local, you know, game food, like, like, you know, you get your elk, you got your bison, like make it simple, but awesome. And focus on like those couple of things. It's like the things that we talk about and love on this podcast, like have that personified and amplified at a ski resort. Well, I know they did that exclusive area out in, uh, I forgot where in Colorado, but they did where they have the yurts out in the middle of nowhere. And 
they're like really expensive and they drop you off and like you kind of live there. It's like your own little place. And then they do like tours through that area. That could be the same kind of thing. Have like a little, little yurts up in like the snow cat area and then still take people up to ski it. But those other people kind of stay up there. Was well, that other place too out in Utah? That's like, I think it's only cat skiing. Ah, that too. Yeah. There's something, there's that place too. That just opened up a couple of years ago. Something to be said for that. And it depends. You got to look at how much snow they get. Like they might not need much snowmaking, you know? Um, That's the roll of the dice. Yeah. Right. I mean, they've had great snow the last few years. So yeah, that's fine. If they need snow skiing, well, I mean, they need uh, snowmaking. Well, is it to extend the season or do they need it because they're not getting enough snow? So you got kind of, and that you can look at the the weather and uh, the history of the weather and stuff. Right. It does say that um, it is on U.S. Forest Service land and has a long-term lease for both inbound operation and cat skiing operation. Oh, okay. So, well, I think, you know, one of the most important things you should do is if, if you're listening and you're going to buy this place, you got to like pay some high flute and ski bums like us to go out there and, and figure out exactly the mojo that you need to make it work. <laughs> I think we could help you out with that. You should bring us on as consultants. That, that's what I'm saying. You know, that's that. Wouldn't that be a fun like job to have? We are ski resort. What, what would be the actual term we use? We're advisors. Ski resort evaluation consultants. That sounds even better. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, the the cat and the yurt. I mean, the lodge actually looks pretty nice. It looks pretty cool. How about Uh, this? You have a blimp take you from a big metro area, and then you go on like a blimp cruise, drops you off at the yurt. I think you got to move on from this blimp thing. Blimp blimp to yurt. I think blimps are dead. Yeah, the blimp blimp to yurt. Long the blimp is dead. I think you got to go boring company. You need a tunnel. You need a tunnel train. Hyperloop. Hyperloop. Hyperloop to yurt. Yurt. Hyperloop to the yurt. Yeah, How about I, slingshot to the yurt? The slingshot. Uh, I'm, I'm, I can't get behind that. <laughs> parachute slingshot. Just boom. They chuck you out, open your parachute, and then you're there. Maybe a little squirrel suit action. I think the pneumatic tube, like the old the bank. Yes. that's. I'm on board with the pneumatic tube. Pneumatic tubes. Suction. It's all suction. Is that like Running Man? Is that what, was that? Yeah, that was there was like, some Schwarzenegger movie where they had that in. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that was running, man. They they suctioned him out, and that's when he. Who's the first guy he met? Was that uh, James Brown? No, that James Brown was the last guy. This opera guy, that was the middle guy. Who's the first one that was trying to kill him? That's the guy with the chainsaw. That's a good trivia question. Who's the first <laughs> character that tried to kill Arnold Schwarzenegger and Running Man? Uh, I yeah, that's see. Good. That's a stumper. You think you know your running man to go into like a trivia night and you don't know it. Didn't it take place in like 2012 or something? It passed, man. I think it was, I think it was like, I love how bad they got the future in the eighties. Like they really blew it. Well, the future was supposed to be like Jetsons and like silver suits. Like right now we should be wearing all silver and have like weird haircuts. Like that, that's how it was supposed to be. Yep. Nope. We totally blew that. Yeah, so this this place I keep thinking about it and I 800 grand is a little rich, but I think if we can come up with some sort of consortium 
If we want to start a ski resort consortium, I think we can make this happen. Imagine having a podcast studio there in that lodge. Oh, be great. It'll be fantastic. You can have a brewery there. Oh, we great can food from the brewery. Well, the brewery would be on, on location. I know. We'd be like, just, I wouldn't have to go for like an apres ski. Like we'd just be tapping it out. Our life would be apres ski. Oh my God. That would be dangerous. It would be. So after we got out of rehab, I think we, we'd probably get something. We, <laughs> all right. The opera guy was, who's the first guy? I think it was a chainsaw dude. I thought it was. So here's one of the big things. So, you know, oh, there was a hockey dude, wasn't there? Uh, I don't remember. Damn it. It was too long yeah, ago. So, dude. so again, one of the things that I talked about that is going to be needed is increased snowmaking in there. And, you know, I know you found an article here and yeah. it was talking about, it's from house um, stuffworks.com and yeah. it talks about snowmaking. And it says, according to this article that it takes 75 thousand gallons of water to create a six inch blanket of snow covering a 200 by 200 foot area. Now that might've changed recently because I know they've upgraded a lot of technology. I know it's like more efficient. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They've been more efficient. So that could have changed, but I don't know by how much. Yeah. And it says that water isn't a huge expense for the resorts. Um, and pumping the water isn't incredibly bad for the environment. Most resorts pump water from one of the uh, one or more reserves located in low-lying areas. The runoff water from the slopes feeds back into the reservoir, so the resort can actually use the same water over and over again. Moving the water around can have some negative impacts on plant and animal life, though, so ski slopes must work hard to keep water levels fairly balanced. The significant environmental concern and one of the resort's biggest expenses is power consumption. Mm. If a slope uses compressed air in its snow guns, it has to provide a lot of energy to run the large air compressing pumps. It also needs a pump system to provide the water to these snowmakers. These pumps are often run by diesel engines, which expel a high level of air pollution. Cow pow. Cow pow. Ski resorts that use airless snow guns also need a good amount of power to run the machine's fans. These types of snow guns consume a lot less energy for a foot of snow they produce, but they're still major power draws. For most ski resorts, power consumption is the second biggest operating expense just behind labor costs. Hmm. No matter what sort of technology a resort uses, snowmaking counts for a high percentage of this power use. So a lot of the work involved in snowmaking is the task of balancing the cost of running the machines with the benefits of extending the ski season. Right. And that's why they won't blanket. Like most places won't blanket the whole mountain. They they just have like certain areas that they start running the guns on to either get early season out of, or to get that late season extension out of. Right. And they're saying, you know, a lot of places now are trying to, in that article we talked about the Killington lodge, how, how much it's, gonna you know how much bigger it is it mentioned a few other vermont resorts what they're doing this season and it said mount snow now is gonna have 83 percent snowmaking coverage on the mountain wow that's a lot that is a lot but again you're in southern vermont you know so there's there's spots that are gonna need that help and it does mention this place is you know it's at 5750 in idaho so i don't know how much it's gonna how much help it really needs but you know this is a a major expenditure if you know if it does need to have that put in so let me ask you this what would be i wonder if anybody's analyzed the cost of 
snowmaking versus snow preservation in the form of, let's say, not just a tarp, but like a whole, let's say you have a run that you could pull this, this big, not umbrella, but like a, uh, just a covering over where you could still ski under it, but while it's raining, rain's not getting on it and you could still ski on it. Right. So now you're protecting that from the rain, keeping it nice and cold. I don't know. That might be kind of cool. Cover a whole ski area. Yeah, that would be cool if they could make that happen. Because I know some people are talking about covering it during the off season to preserve like some of the snow for the next season. Yeah. Kind of cool. It would be. So we're still thinking about this. Um, if I think you more yurts are definite more yurts, definitely more yurts, maybe more snow cats. Dude, screw the hotel. Big yurts. Big yurts. Big yeah. yurts. Just stay in yurts. Yeah. If you have any money or a rich uncle or one Powerball and you want to help us make this happen, we would be, again, happy to be consultants in this operation or be partial owners with you. You can reach out, hit us up, skibumpodcast at gmail.com. Let's make this happen. Give me a break. You want to just roll through this? Stop the recording. I am going to take a whiz. I got to take a whiz. Okay. All right. Quick whiz. I'll, I'll take one too. All right.
All right, I'm back. All right. All right, you want to just do two stories? Yeah, it's not me. Um, which one do you want to... Which ones do you want? Stem cell therapy. That's a nice story, but too tame. Which one? The stem cell one? Yeah, we could just do the contacts and the Dillinger. Yeah, the Dillinger is weird, but it's kind of loony enough, right? And then the uh, contact lenses. I saw that, that same awesome, one. Right? <laughs> awesome. Yeah. All right. Why don't we do those two? Okay. You want to take the Dillinger? I'll take the contact one. All right. That works. Cool. Uh, let me press record. Ready? Yep. Okay, three, two, one. All right. It is now time to go under the ropes. First off, this is a kind of a crazy cool story. Scientists create contact lenses that zoom on command. Dude, that is sweet. Yeah, I think Nike had something a couple years ago, a contact lens that would take a bunch of biometric data. So I think it would tell you if you're like dehydrated or if you're you're diabetic, it would tell you your insulin levels. And I'd probably be the next level in wearables. They're saying, you know, like everyone has like the Fitbit or the Apple Watch or Garmin watches that do a lot of your uh, health monitoring. Is it contact lenses could be the next big thing. Oh, nice. Yeah. Fitbits and all that stuff. Yeah, they're great. But like, they're just extensions of other stuff, you know, or little trackers that you can get like out of your phone. Like this would be something that would be a game changer. Yeah. They're saying these contact lenses are controlled by the eye's movement. So wearers can make the lenses zoom in or out by simply blinking twice. Uh, Biometric lenses are made of a stretchy polymer that respond to the electric signals generated by your eyes when they make a movement, such as blinking. Known as electrocolographic signals, humans are even capable of emitting the electric impulses when they are sleeping. Even if your eye cannot see anything, many people can still move their eyeball and generate this electro oculographic oculographic signal. (laughs) Sound it out. Um, They're saying, you know, (laughs) it's not quite time to throw away your reading glasses or binoculars. It's still early days, but this prototype is, um, it seems to be pretty successful and a nice starting point for them to get this into like a, you know, probably military at first and then eventually go down to a consumer level product. Dude, this seems great. But you know, when I think about this, I think of Black Mirror with a dude, <laughs> like remember, he was playing stuff back from his eye, like from what he saw, like that's freaky stuff. That was like a brain chip, but I yeah. guess linking to a brain chip or something. And then like someone's like hacking your contact lenses. 
He's like oh, showing man. you like pictures like your dad's dick. You're like, no, like I don't want to do that. <laughs> Everybody on the northbound train today was privy to some dick pics be uh because they had the eye things in. This is the night you were made. Watch this. Yeah. So if if you have dick pics streaming into your eye contacts from mild to moderate. Would that Eczema? be considered? Chris, can be used almost everywhere. I'm not hey, on, God damn it! Nobody wants to hear about your mild to Shit. severe plexiriasis. God damn it, commercials. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. So, so if they show you Pornhub on your eyes, is that kind of eye fucking you? Right. Technically. Technically, ipso facto. Yeah, I think so. And where are they developing this? Is this China? Mm, that's a good question. No, it was actually University of San Diego, I believe. Oh, yeah. UC San Diego. Merca. Merca. I wonder if somebody's walking around with that. Like, whatever happened to the Google Glass, right? They, like, banned them from places. <laughs> Are they still around? Also, everyone looked like an asshole wearing them. That was a big thing. That's the main reason they fell off the face of the earth, because they looked like you were a dumbass. Yeah, I mean, who knows what people are wearing that you don't even know that it's some sort of recording device i know remember the um what was it those the snapchat spectacles when those came out the big deal they were oh yeah and whatever happened to oculus rift they're they're still doing development with that right yeah it's gonna take a little while they got bought were they the ones that got bought by google it's either google or amazon one of them bought i don't think it was amazon i might have been facebook who bought them let's see i'm looking at now oculus rift they're sold it at Amazon. Facebook. Yeah, there you go. $2 billion in 2014. $2 billion. That's oh yeah, Palmer Lucky. He was the guy who created. Remember that? He was in the cover of your uh, Time magazine. Yeah. <laughs> Fat guy with the his VR. Guy. Yeah, that's right. The kid with the VR. Palmer Lucky, yeah. That's, that's awesome. who they based um, on Silicon Valley. Remember... Um, what the hell's his name? Six um, Sense. Yes, that guy. Yep. I saw him in another movie recently. It was uh shit, what was it? Oh no, I watched um The Boys on Amazon on Prime. Uh-huh. And it's actually pretty good. It's about superheroes when they're not so super. Being oh, really? dick. Like when they're <laughs> when they're asshole. Like think about it. Like everyone's like, oh Superman, he's so great. Well, he's you know, kind of a dude also and he's gonna do some crazy shit like what would happen if they do for the most part good and then they do some bad shit too like <laughs> so and then they make a whole like it's pretty cool you gotta watch it it's on prime nice uh, all right next up we got exhumation of gangster john dillinger may end conspiracy theories but the dig won't be easy so in the 1930s, if anybody doesn't know, John Dillinger was one of the, the most notorious gangsters um, in Indiana, right? He's a big Indiana guy. Um, yeah, it was like, well, like Chicago, right? Yeah. So he his big thing, claim to fame, was that more than 85 years ago, um, he gunned down FBI agents outside of a Chicago theater. And that put him on the map as one of the most wanted people in America. And they tracked him down. Eventually, uh, allegedly they, um, they gunned him down and, and whatever. Then they buried him. 
Now, when they buried him, I guess his father at the time, I think it was his father or one of his, uh, yeah, his father at the time had the casket reburied under a protective cap of concrete, scrap iron, uh, concrete and scrap iron topped with reinforced concrete slabs. And they did that because they wanted to avoid um, defamation or somebody robbing the grave because he was so notorious, like he was very hated. So they did that. And now they're saying they want to exhume the grave because I guess there's a question about if he was really buried there or something like, I don't know. The family wants to have him exhumed to have him like, you know, dug up and and they want to look at the corpse for some reason. So, uh, that's just pretty crazy. Hmm. So I don't understand still why they're going through this. So he was never actually found guilty of anything. Well, they, uh, well, he was wanted and I, I don't know if he had a trial, but like his gang killed 10 people and pull off a bunch of bank robberies. Yeah. I think back then they knew you did it. So they're like, we're just going to like shoot to kill. He's wanted. And they still have that today. Like there are people that are wanted shoot to kill. Like just gun him down. Onto moderate eczema. There's your Chrissa. Damn it. Eczema. (laughs) Enough with your eczema. (laughs) Fucking eczema. Yeah. So here's the thing. Like if you ever saw the movie public enemies, Johnny Depp played him in that movie. Yeah, the Johnny Depp guy. Yeah. And while he was on the run, he underwent plastic surgery to alter his face and was said to have tried to remove his fingerprints with acid. Nice. This guy was dedicated.